0: Once again, and welcome to the Hooked On podcast. My name is Rob McNichol, and joining me down the line is my friend and my colleague Paul Benson. How you doing, Paul? Hey, mate. You're not going to get me singing this week, are you? Uh, no. We've had a record number of uh, of complaints. Um, one or two uh, one or two claims for uh, distress of the eardrum. Uh, and uh, wor- worst of all, uh, the thing mm. that I wasn't expecting was uh, Maven to call me. And say that say that his entire career has now been tarnished. <laughs> um, so imagine that he said it was a worse moment than Undertaker putting his head through the popcorn machine. Well, um, he would rather have that done ten times rather than having to listen to your caterwauling.
1: You see, that was what I was worried about. As I mentioned on the podcast this week, I have so much respect for the for the guy for the for the legend for the for the trendsetter for the icon that is Maven. To even bring a modicum of, 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 of despair to his career by, by doing his theme tune like that, I just I don't know how I can live myself. But try.
0: Just for the, sake, do... for the sake of the, the next couple of hours on the podcast, you will I'll promise me to try. do my best. Mm-hmm. Bless you. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you where Paul did do his best this week, folks. If you haven't checked out our second sheep quiz... You really should, um well we're gonna be talking about it quite extensively on this podcast, but um a wonderful job done by my colleague Mr Benson. Um not easy to collate all those answers, um, get all the results together, but also make them into a compelling half hour or forty minute or so presentation. How long was it in the end? How long did it go that uh...
1: It was about it was about just an, just shy of thirty minutes? Yeah, that's it was pretty
0: it was. good. I really enjoyed it. I was we did it live on uh, on Monday evening at eight o'clock. Uh, the Big Sheep reveal. Um, I wasn't around at the time to watch it, but I got in after what I was doing that night and watched it quite late at night. But watched it straight through, thoroughly absorbed. Genuinely, I'm not even oh. me- messing around or plugging or anything. It was really interesting how it all panned out and how people were answering the questions. I thought it was a better, it was a better quiz this 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 month, and I, and I really liked the first one, but I thought this was an even better one. And there were plenty of... I was so confident the first week, the first time round. And I was right to be, because I was a joint winner. This time, I think I snuck into the top path. But uh, it, was a, it was a tough go. But we had 40 entrants, um, way up on the first go. Um, and some fun questions. And uh, in the end, it was a, a new winner, a new face on the trophy. But it was uh, it was a fun ride to watch who was going to win it.
1: Yeah, it was been incredible. And you're right, it was hard work. So thank you for saying... For, for your kind words um, but you know it's gone down so well and as I've said before I've been playing this quiz for four or five years and it's absolutely captivating um, so I thought that it was a, a time to bring it out to the, to the hooked on crowd and and luckily those who enjoyed it have, have really enjoyed it and they've played both I don't, there's not many people that played month one and didn't come back for month two it's growing and growing and growing obviously there's, there's there is a ceiling on how many people can play it just sheer time of putting it together and also the more people you got playing it the more chance you've got of duplicate answers and people come in joint top and things like that i'm thinking 40 or 50 is probably the limit of where we want to be because otherwise it's just you know you get so many people on the same point score and it, it removes the fun from it a little bit um but yeah like we'll keep doing it like the the presentation, the reveal is quite weird to do because I'm sitting there at my laptop, kind of half doing a wrestling promo, half doing a commentary on a PowerPoint presentation, um, and sitting there doing it to myself. So, um, yeah, thank you to everyone who, who listened live and who, who, and who watched after. You know, we got uh, nearly a thousand views on that video.
0: Well, that's really strange, isn't it, considering that 40 people took, pl- took I part. I know, I know. So, I can only imagine what was the name of the winner? It was Lewis West. Of course it was, Lewis. Um, I can only assume that forty, the 39 of the people that took part in it watched it once. Lu- <laughs> Lewis watched it about 500 times and managed to convince friends and family of his to watch another 400 or so. And that uh, bumped up the um, uh, the numbers. And I think Maven watched it about 20 times just to check that you weren't singing again. Um, and Because uh, you know, obviously the lawsuit that he's eventually going to put into you, he needs to cover all bases to make sure it uh, has got everything of covered of but, um, so uh, hi uh, hi, Mr Huffman if you're listening um, actually I will say to one person that I'm fairly certain will be listening uh, to Leanne uh, who takes part in, who took part in both of our sheep quizzes so far and is a big supporter of Hooked On always comes to our uh, events in Cardiff yeah, and, and came to our Bruce uh, Pritchard show as well um, thank you for your support of uh, Hooked On over the years but I didn't appreciate the little ongoing bits of commentary as long as I'm beating Rob she kept saying <laughs> First of all, that's not a very lofty ambition, uh, Leanne. Because although I did win the first month, I am generally cack at this, as Paul knows, um, which is why I bragged so hard for so long on this podcast because I am normally awful. Um, it was—it really was. Um, I can I, now that I've, now that the uh, the crown has slipped, I can come out and be honest now and tell you, yes, it was a total fluke. Um, So, but uh, for all of your um, I'm above Rob I'm above Rob I think I still beat you so um, there we go that's uh, (laughs) just the way it goes but uh, bless you for joining in and uh, being genuinely as big a supporter as I think we've ever had effectively Leanne you have lost to a monkey throwing poo at a wall there so uh... how nice I think I put it I think I put it nicer than you did but uh, there we go (laughs) <laughs> That's the thing. Um for those of you that are wondering what we're talking about, um I'm sure most of you do because if you're regular listeners to uh to the podcast, we have been talking about it uh each week. Um but it's a quiz whereby there are it's, not, it's a quiz with no set answers, but it's uh, there's ten questions, all opinion based, uh and you score points by uh getting the answer the same as other people. So there's a little bit of Mrs. Mr and Mrs. in there, a little bit of um, family fortunes, um a little bit of like the opposite of pointless. Um so there's there's some other uh kind of games that you may even play, categories even, there's a little bit of that in there, those kind of games where you're trying to not match up um, with other people. This time you are, you're trying to follow the uh, follow the crowd. Um, and I thought what we should do is have a little chat about some of the questions um, that were part of the quiz, Paul, because it's... Um, not only are yeah. they interesting questions to play in the quiz, um, they're interesting discussion points, because at least three or four of the questions were really, really broad. And one of them, in fact, let's start. Let's start with it because it's, I thought it was the most interesting answer um, mm. in the quiz. That? Was the who had the best finishing move? Okay. Now bear in mind, folks, that how many wrestlers have there been over the years? Professional wrestlers, into the thousands. Even, over, even if you've only been watching wrestling for five or ten years, you will have seen hundreds of wrestlers. All have got their own finishing move. Okay, there's some that would cross over with the same move. But you would have seen genuinely dozens upon dozens upon dozens, maybe even hundreds of different finishing moves. Out of 40 people taking part, how many said the top answer?
1: Is that like 23, I think?
0: Yeah, I think it was. It might have been more than that. It was definitely over half. 28, of, maybe. It might have been even more than that. Yeah, I, over half of the people polled said the stone cold stunner as did I I don't know what you would have said if you'd have um, if you'd have been polled as well I mean admittedly part of this quiz is not necessarily your people saying they think that is the best one ever they are saying that is what they think others will say is the best one ever so it's not it, th- these are these are not straightforward opinion polls we could not go to people and say oh well, 28 you know 28 out of 40 so you know however many what is there is 56 it's about so around about six, just under 70% I think of uh, around about 70% of Uh, Hooked on uh, fans say that Austin's move is the best move ever. That's not what people are saying because actually you're trying to second guess others. But it's also a huge number. I thought that was the most interesting one that came out of it to me. Yeah, I
1: agree. I thought there'd be a a wider field, like because I deliberately asked the question because it is quite broad and there's a lot of different. Like you said, there's hundreds of moves you could have gone for. Um, The stunner obviously is it's going to be in most people's top five. Yeah, I think it it has to be. yeah. Um, Yeah but I was really surprised just how how sort of ubiquitous it was and I suppose you know if people were thinking about the quiz and the, the idea behind the quiz properly they were thinking right what will be the most popular and I suppose you know you look you look at who is the most popular wrestler of all time cross section out with who's got the boat, the best finishing move and you probably do come up with Stone Cold Steve Austin as, as the sheep answer and I probably would have put the same I wonder if we'd have polled people's actual opinions whether, um, whether it had been different Personally, I I expected to see more sort of RKO, diamond cutter um, mentions there. I was surprised I only got a couple of shouts.
0: I think if you were asking me the question, and we weren't doing it sheep, you were literally just polling my opinion, Mm. I think I I probably would have gone RKO. Because Mm. I I love the nature, I mean, it's very similar to the stunner, of course, but I think um, one of the prerequisites often for a great finisher are that you can hit it on pretty much anyone. Yes. And I also think the um, the out of nowhere, I know that's been overplayed, but the out of nowhere element of the RKO, which Orton is terrific at, um, and also the out of nowhere, you could do it for the stunner. The super kick is another one. You know, Shawn Michaels' sweet tune music in particular, but you know, lots of people have employed the super kick. It's one of those things that you can suddenly hit and you can have really great moments in a match where the tombstone, which I think three or four people said um, was one of the best finishing moves. Um... You know, it, it meant something when you were able to get a big guy up, I suppose. But Taker couldn't do that to everybody. You know, you couldn't do a tombstone on, you know, Yokozuna or Giant Gonzalez or whoever. And bear in mind who Taker was wrestling throughout most of the 90s. <laughs> it was very rare that he had someone he could actually apply it on until he started wrestling Kane, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, you know, who was doing it back to him. So, you know, the idea that you can put it on suddenly, you know, on someone suddenly. I wonder if we can do a question in the future. Um, probably not in the next couple of sheep quizzes, but one in the middle of next year, of the best submission move. Because the, 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 obviously it's a totally different um, element, isn't it? And you can you can factor it to one side. Because I think I think everyone likes a good submission hold, and I think some of the best wrestlers ever, not everyone, but a lot of the best wrestlers ever, have had one of each. You know, yep. have, had, have had a submission that they can go to. Because even Sean, you know, towards the end of his career, had that sort of reverse figure 4 didn't he that sort of over the top figure 4 that he did
1: yeah you know, that's Ed, true
0: Edge started to have that sort of reverse sharpshooter thing you know there's plenty of wrestlers that have had you know obviously you know, you know someone like a, a Daniel Bryan you know had the yes lock but he had other moves that he could go to, to to try and finish you off so there were I think you know some of the even even the rock towards the end they, they gave him a sharpshooter didn't they so it was uh, something in his in his repertoire that's um, right, they did. I think there's a lot of very successful wrestlers that have been able to go both ways
1: yeah I think so and and, like it was it was a real eye opening this one actually and it's probably one people should pay attention to if they want success going forward because again it just shows you we're not looking for clever answers we're not looking for off the wall answers or hidden gems we're looking for the mass opinion the popular opinion and there you go that shows you how powerful it can be in this quiz
0: yeah I'm trying to remember who it was in in fact even if I can remember the name I I won't say it on here because I don't want to embarrass them but um, I, I, well I say that it was. it's not an embarrassing reference but there was a couple of people that I think fairly obviously were trying to go for that clever answer um, yeah. and I think a good example I was talking about shows that um, would cross over with this kind of game like your family fortunes and mystery misses and so forth I think Fighting Talk I think if you listen to Fighting Talk on 5 Live I think you can get drawn into the wrong you know of trying to answer a question interestingly and creatively and differently like they do on that show Um that's kind of the opposite of what we're aiming at. But for the interesting discussion, if you would say, "What's your favourite finishing move ever?" and you were to come up with, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think, but I'm trying to think of okay, a really clever one that you'd say, you know, that was a, a particular. Uh, well, you might, you might want to talk about Seth Rollins' curb stomp, for example, as mm. looking really effective and whatever. But for whatever reason, it became outlawed. Or you could talk about, you know, Jerry Lawler's pile driver in a similar sort of manner. That other people don't use the pile driver anymore. Um sure, so you could you could have an interesting discussion, and if you're on fighting and talk, there'd be Colin Murray playing away and giving you points for it, but that's really not the way we're doing it here, So there was at least one person who, looking at all the answers uh, from time and time, i go, God, that's a bloody good answer for a different quiz, <laughs> you know well, but it, it was just missing was the, the point, but once they, the most once obvious they, one on.
1: but sorry, the most obvious one was my friend Matt, who entered um and he finished rock bottom by an absolute mile. And I, I haven't spoke to him about it, but I wonder whether he, I don't know whether he just missed the point of the quiz entirely, or was deliberately just trying to be that guy that goes di- that, that goes against the grain for whatever reason. But that every single answer he came up with, there was some there that clearly were never going to be the, the mass answer, and it was clearly given his answer. Um, and he did that, and yeah, there was some interesting answers. in Everybody finished
0: slap bang bottom. Yes, and he, he was bottom after one question. And he never recovered. Yes, that is, um, that, is, that is who I was thinking of. But there were, but there were several answers of his where you went, oh, that's not a bad. Shout like I say totally. f- for a different quiz. <laughs> and I love the fact that you suggested he was rock bottom, which was uh, obviously <laughs> oh, yes. another finisher that you could nice. have.
1: Um, See, I'm not missing the trick, mate. But yeah, it's. um if people want to get serious about winning and we are going to do a league table for those that are taking it seriously so if you want to get serious about winning you really need to get that mindset and already some some people clearly have got that mindset do a bit of research you know there's some you know good top 10 lists on most subjects out there that help um and just just check just you know go with your gut don't just try and think of something out of the box on this one
0: that actually would be a good idea for a website wouldn't it would be uh, making top ten lists of things rather than doing proper journalism oh anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway. one of them on each page one one, oh. then would make it so much more user friendly no no one would ever think that low even though it was for lovely clicks and advertising uh, revenue no one would ever think that yeah, low it it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a bullshit way of doing it anyway moving on um, what's, uh, you can tell I'm out of the game um, what uh, what question would you like to talk about next? What, what's uh, what was your favourite question from a uh, from an author's perspective? What one did you go? Oh, I'm going to love seeing the answers to
1: this. Well, my well to be honest, my favourite question was one that isn't necessarily fun as a conversation topic, but I'll mention it anyway. And the favourite question I set was the McMahon question. Okay. And which one we would save if we had to banish the rest forever? Um, and I was I was genuinely interested to see whether Shane or Vince would get the nod on that one. Um, and as it happened, it was it was Shane um, by a fairly decent margin. I think he got twenty votes, Vince got fifteen, and Stephanie got
0: five. I think I, it was. I think that's 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 my recollection. Yeah, I reckon though, if you were asking people what they actually thought and not what others thought, I think Vince would have won in the landslide. Do you think? Yeah. That's what I would have done. I would have gone Vince. But I was kind of thinking, well, the and by the way, if you'd have asked the question two years ago, before Shane came back against Taker, I think it would have been about 37-2-1. Do
1: you know yes. what I mean? I think
0: people would have been done, were really, really jonesing to see Shane come back. Now, not quite so much. And I think there's been enough over the last little while of people getting, you know, Shane is getting the Super Shane treatment. You know oh, the, the, okay. su- the the super Cena, the super Orton, the super Reigns, whoever you want to, you know, factor in that that cannot ever show any weakness. Well, they're doing it to you know a forty-seven-year-old member of the family, as opposed to someone that can draw the money. And I think people are starting to get resentful, and therefore, you know, seeing the old man come on TV every now and again was preferable because you know now Vince has actually got to the point where I remember someone making a great point about this. I read this in a book, and I don't remember who it was, so I can't credit them. But I remember someone writing in a book that Linda, who no one voted for in this, by the way, but Linda was the most anticipated bad promo ever. Because every time Linda spoke, it was dull as ditch water, but it always meant something. Linda was never coming out to announce, you know, a rematch between Crash Holly and Takamichi Noku. You know, if Linda was going to come out and say something, she was basically saying you know, Austin's reinstated or Mick Foley's got a title match or something. So whenever Linda was on the show, it was always a big deal even though she was garbage. (laughs) That was kind of a theory for a little while. And it's a little bit similar that with Vince now. I'm not saying Vince is garbage, but if Vince's music hits now on Raw, all man alive, you know something big is going to happen, don't you? You know it's going to be a big announcement you know it's going to be a big deal. Like, for example, with the Kevin Owens thing a couple of months ago. Um, So I think Vince, by not being around as often, is a lot more welcomed back do you know what i mean yeah
1: yeah i think you're right absence makes heart grow fonder he's not on tv all the time he's not take. you know like you say when he comes on it means something when he came on with kevin owens most recently that was that was amazing like it it because he'd not been on for such a while you automatically knew that it meant business and that segment alone kick-started kevin owens career he was in the doldrums he was going nowhere and from there, boom, main eventer again. Mm, yeah, one yeah. night, and
0: and, and and Vince can do that. It's the yep. it's the pure and simple. You know that's the Vince factor.
1: Yep, ex- exactly. So I think I think you're probably right. I think Vince is the the one that people like the most, and Shane. I think we touched on this last time didn't we Um, Shane is not a particularly interesting character to me he has been given that super Shane treatment and it's absolutely ridiculous a 47 year old non-wrestler is pushed as the third or fourth High, you know, most powered guy in the company, and it's made it meant to be a big achievement to beat him, and it just absolutely rankles with me. And I can't imagine how annoying and eye rolling it must be to the wrestlers that care about perception of these things, yeah. because it's a slap in the face. The, I think the it's one, a real slap in the face.
0: The one thing I will say, certainly from judging from uh, the first time around, you know, when Shane was around and having matches, you know, in, in the late '90s, early 2000s, is that I know she, well from a lot of the guys that I know that wrestled in that era from either hearing their stories or hearing you know, people tell of them second hand or even knowing one or two people um, yeah. Shane was quite respected because Shane worked his ass off um, yeah. You know, he didn't just you know obviously he had the chance to heal up you know where all the other boys were back on the road and you know working house shows a day or two later and Shane was able to take a little bit off you know Shane did work really hard I believe with Tom Pritchard and with a few others to you know, to get himself in shape and, and to actually learn to be a wrestler, and and I believe he was he was liked by the boys for just being kind of a normal guy and um you know, just being a nice fella. I've met Shane once; he was a very nice fella. Um, yeah. And I, I, everyone I know of tends to say the same sort of thing. Actually, they tend to say the same thing about Steph as well. I, you know, from what I know, Steph's pretty popular. The people that have had their issues with Steph over the years tend to be people that have you know been. Either fired or let go or whatever, and have got a bit of an axe to grind. It always seems a little bit like sour grapes to me. A lot of the people that I know that like that know Steph say she's really lovely, but what I would say about Steph on air is I think she's as talented as any of them in terms of a promo. If she wants to be a heel, she's an excellent one. I always find that the problem I have is that there's no payoff with Steph. You know, obviously at some point you know Hunter can come back and whatever, but you know there's I know that they've they've done the odd she's gone, you know, been speared by Reigns or she's gone through the table with Rollins, but generally speaking, you know, when she's belittling Mick Foley or she's belittling Kurt Angle, they can't really get their revenge on her, can they? And it's like, no, that's the issue that I have. And she's a little bit too good. And I don't want to watch TV and watch Kurt Angle looking sad or Mick Foley looking sad. I want them to be their sort of alpha male running raw with the, with a swagger and saying, "I'll oh, sod off, love. Do you know what I mean? And And they don't. And... That's where I've always had the issue that the McMahon has to be king or queen, and I understand why, and I understand why. Which we we talked about it a bit on the show last week, where you know we didn't particularly like the finish of Survivor Series, but I kind of understand why they do it with Triple H because you know, they feel there's a bit of a guaranteed main event guy there, and they know they can rely on him, etc, etc. But I have more of a problem when it's Steph because it's more difficult because... to get get your own back on
1: her. Yeah, exactly. Like you say, you know, nobody can touch her, so she can emasculate every guy I can and does emasculate every guy on the roster it's not a good look at all um, I don't know why she has to be so powerful it's got to be an ego thing because there's no way that anyone can think that helps the roster it just simply doesn't
0: although I, I sometimes wonder if the people that are writing it you know I can. I, I bet there are times where it's not Triple H and Steph putting themselves in that position it's whoever's writing things putting them in that position you know, and it's a good way of kind of sucking up to the bosses, isn't it? Writing them into a very you know strong position. It happened with Dixie.
1: Yeah, true. That true. had def-
0: definitely one hundred percent happened in TNA, where people would put Dixie on TV and go, oh Dixie, you were so good. You do that again." And she like Dixie said for years, didn't she? She never wanted to be on television. She only ever wanted to do that sort of background wave to people and be the. Um, you know, be the, the the nice president, and then she had to get put on TV, and she really wasn't good at it. But she got sucked in by the limelight and was told how good she was, and and then by the end of it, I think she liked it, didn't she? She liked her character oh, she, and all that yeah, kind of thing, and she did. she revelled in it. And it was like, well, why isn't any? No one's actually telling her that she's not any good. And it's like, I loved to the pieces of the person. She was lovely to us, and you know, I you know couldn't fault her for all the dealings I've had with her. But <laughs> and I certainly wasn't brave enough to go. By the way, love, you're not all that great. But. <laughs> I think there were people in power that just wrote Dixie in because it made them feel good and it made them stronger because they were backing up the boss so I bet that happens in WWE for certain if you want to get over with the uh, with the McMahon's and with Vince in particular write nice things about his daughter
1: yeah I think you're probably right and hey now that's what I want to talk about mate have you heard the sad news today about the latest employee that WWE's let go uh,
0: I haven't no
1: well um, let's talk about theme songs because WWE of today released Jim Johnston. Wow. Yep, he is gone. I don't know how long the association's been, but it's obviously been, you know, 30 years, I guess.
0: And um, yeah, he's out. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of extraordinary. I mean, Jim Johnston would be the when you if you do you know how when someone you see someone trending on Twitter, you go okay, well they've either died or they've been been arrested. Or they've said something overwhelmingly stupid or whatever. There's certain reasons why people would trend on Twitter. If Jim Johnson was trending on Twitter, I would have assumed it's because they said he was going to go in the Hall of Fame. Not or because be- he was dead. Or because he was dead. But, but I would have assumed that was why he was on Twitter, not because they've released him. Wow, have, have they said why? Um, no,
1: but you know, I think what you can surmise is that you know, he's he's not he's not done any of the, any of the truly great themes for a long time. That those guys down in NXT, what are they called CFO, uh, or whatever the symbol is, I don't know. They're the ones that have come out with the real killer themes recently.
0: Is that right? Okay.
1: Yeah. So all the you know Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, Sami Zayn, Bobby Roode, Nakamura, all those key, all those themes are all CFO. So oh, wow. it's kind of like it's kind of a case where. Well,
0: Owens it's isn't. Had his time. Owens isn't because, it, because Owens is Chris Benoit. <laughs> if you just oh, give if, you, if you listen, give listen to Kevin Owens' music, it's basically Chris Benoit's.
1: <laughs> okay, fair enough, but no, it's um, it kind of to me, it's one of those where he he doesn't really have that function within the company anymore. But he's been there so long, he's like he's like the emperor, isn't he? He should have, you know, I'd have expected him just to keep him around until he decided he'd had enough of working and shuffle off quietly. But, you know, cost-cutting and all that, he's probably on a very big salary. He's not doing what he did before, and it's just a sign of the times. But it's really sad because, obviously, not so much nowadays, but certainly when we were kids and around the Attitude era, Era, pretty much every iconic piece of music that came out of WWE was either him... Or, on very few occasions, Jimmy Hart. And obviously, obviously.
0: yeah.
1: It was Rick Derringer that did uh, Real America, wasn't it? Which is probably the one. But there's so many that Jim Johnston came up Well, not least Stone Cold Steve Austin.
0: Yeah, uh, a great many. Um, uh, and a lot of them were you know, sort of tailor-made, weren't they? And it was like, come and write a song about this. And it's a, there's actually a surprising amount that are just well chosen. Like, for example... Um, I don't know the name of it, but the, Jerry the King Lawler's music is an old piece of music that's um, just—it's got a very regal sounding to it. And actually, if you go yeah. back and listen to early Survivor series, Harley Race is coming out to that music.
1: Yes, he is. He's doing yeah. the
0: King gimmick. So that, you know that was a, and uh, I think we've done this before, just chatting away between ourselves. But how many different people have come out to Kurt Angle's music at any different point in time?
1: Yeah, um, didn't you tell I knew it was a Patriot but you told me about another one. I can't remember who it was now.
0: Um I can't remember. But the Patriot is the one that's kind of most associated with it. Yes. Um, before he was that like, the first one I believe that did it before before Kurt. No, I can't remember. I think but I think maybe there was um uh, maybe there was someone in between that was doing some sort of American gimmick and they they played his music. But I certainly I've listened to I think it might have been S- Sergeant Slaughter. Okay, I think Sarge was doing like a one-off appearance one night, and they did it. They used his, that music before Kurt debuted, right? Um, but because it, it just sounds like a, such a patriotic piece of music, and um, so that's why they went with it. Um, so yeah, so a lot, some of them aren't uh, um, aren't unique, but yes, but certainly Jim Johnson is someone that you know people have always spoken tremendously highly of, and Um, had worked with them to create some iconic moments, so yeah, very surprised. I mean, I suppose we don't know the ins and outs, perhaps he did ask for a release, perhaps he's had enough of it and I don't know how old the guy is, if he's been around 30 years, perhaps he's in his mid to late 60s and wants to wrap it in and and call it a day and ride off into the sunset as it were, so we don't know the ins and outs, but um well, I don't, because you uh, only just told me 10 minutes ago. So
1: Yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't think there's any real information on it. But it's just, just the end of an you know, era, you know. Who knows where the fault, if any, lies, or whether it's just, like you say, one of those things. But it's just sad that that connection, another connection from our childhoods, and WWE is now a thing of the
0: past. Well, you bring it up, I assume, because um, one of our questions, a little bit similar to the first one we talked about, um, as in what was the best finishing move ever, was what's the best theme music ever? And again, you've got however many hundreds and dozens to choose from. And again, the winner was Austin, although not by quite such a large margin.
1: No, no, it wasn't. But he just shows you how, how, um, how much power is in the fact that Stone Cold Steve Austin is arguably the biggest star ever. He didn't win it by a massive margin. You're right, I haven't got the figures in front of me right now. But there was a much more of a disparate, um, number of answers given on this one. So just to rattle off a few, there was Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Nakamura, Evolution, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, um, Hulk Hogan, which I thought would get a lot more love than it did. That's what I said.
0: I went, I went Hogan.
1: Did you go Hogan? Yeah. Right. Okay. Bobby Roode was in there. Billy Gunn. Mm, not sure about that, but whatever. Um, John Cena got a bit of
0: love. Edge. There was a few in there. And now, which which Billy Gunn music do you think? I am an ass man. Well, see, I would say that the, the 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 one Billy Gunn music is a cracking piece of music, which I think I have always assumed is based off of um, "Baba O'Reilly" by the Who. Oh, really? Um, I can't remember. I can't it, recall it. it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's not my place on this podcast to sing theme music, so It's more yours. Um, but I, <laughs> but I will do my best with it. it was it was um, it sort of it started off by going down down down. <laughs> oh. and it was um I can't remember how the words went um I think it was I've got it all <laughs> I got it all I got it all I'm not very good at it but it was something like that it was, it was in that six months or so where he was being the one Billy Gunn in sort of like early 2001 I want to say when he had a short lived um, sort of reunion with China
1: I know, I remember the one, yeah, it's, uh, September, October 2000 until the invasion really, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, that would probably be it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's, before we go on to uh, other matters, let's let's do another couple really quickly, we won't go into any sort of depth, we'll just, okay. we'll, hit, we'll hit them with our answer, which takes us to five and then we can do the other five next week, but um, pick us out another, in fact let's start with uh, the number one question, because it was the one that... Uh, Uh, the only one I gave you and I should say that even by me coming up with the questions folks it doesn't give me an edge because I don't know what anyone else is going to say but um, I was there watching a couple of pay-per-views one night and uh, I texted Paul and said you know what would be a good sheep question what's the best ever atmosphere at a pay-per-view because you know sometimes you have great stuff going on in the ring but sometimes what's going on outside of it think of a, a Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania sometimes it can kind of take over what's going on, and I thought there were three standouts. To me, it was In Your House Canadian Stampede, which is the one I went for. Um, there was the ECW One Night Stand original show, uh, and there was the Money in the Bank pay per view with uh, CM Punk and John Cena. Um, mm-hmm. That's what? What was it that won? I can't remember exactly. It was Money in the Bank. It was Money in the Bank, wasn't it? That was the yeah, one it that was. won. But I was shocked to see that in second was the one night stand, oh six. Yeah, and I, that I'd, was a surprise. I'd kind of forgotten about that, but of course that's the if Cena wins, we riot, throw the T-shirt back. That's that show, isn't it?
1: Yes, it so is. So I yeah. can
0: I I'd not even thought about that. I would I I I went with the Canadian Stampede because I think that is the answer, and I was hoping that people would go with me on it. Um I did have money in the bank in my mind but I thought people might go ECW because it, it was so iconic I never thought that they'd go 06 so I actually think that the ECW fans probably were the, the big voters in that context but they, they were split in the same way that if you have one person from each sport in sports personality of the year but you have two footballers say you, you, you'll kind of split the football vote or you'll, if you had two boxers you'll split the boxing vote um, I think we split the ECW vote there just the way it goes obviously because that was up yeah. to people to do what they, uh, what they need to do but um, I was fascinated to see so many twos and ones on that card there were way more people coming up with different answers for the, those pay-per-views than there were for example finishing moves or entrance music and considering there's so many more wrestlers than there have been shows, I thought that was fascinating
1: yeah it was an interesting one wasn't it i suppose it's one where it's just not you know maybe with a guy like austin using that as an example there's a there's a focal point there that people know he's the most popular but it's a bit of a nebulous question isn't it what's the best atmosphere yeah um it's not something that a lot of people may have thought about in any great degree it's not something that you can hang your hat on because we're not asking for the favorite pay-per-view or anything like that so i thought it was very i thought it was there was a few that were a bit like I looked at them. and thought, well, I don't know where you're coming from at all there. Yeah. But a lot of them, I could I could see
0: the the point. Um, well, WrestleMania even... 18, WrestleMania 18 appeared on there, didn't it? Which was Rock Hogan. So I could uh, that 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 one I could understand.
1: There was a lot on there that had big heat and a great atmosphere for one match. Yeah. Um, to a degree, Canadian Stampede was that way. Yeah, fair play. Um, one night stand uh, with Punk and Cena was really that way um, and ag- again to a to a small degree one night stand 06 was there my my answer would have actually been um, one night stand in 2005 because mm-hmm. that was just rabid from start to finish and it was a special crowd like, it was having some it was just there, it wasn't one match that they were there for they were on fire the whole thing but I thought one interesting answer was given by a guy called Ashley Mason He was the only guy to put this, but it really made me think. And he put WrestleMania 30. And it would never have occurred to me. But when you look back at that pay-per-view... Is it Daniel Bryan? It's the Daniel Bryan one, but the crowd were really damn good all night. You had Daniel Bryan. You had, obviously, The Undertaker losing. You had Cesaro winning the Battle Royal, which went down gangbusters. You had S.H.I.E.L.D. on there. Um had John Cena against Bray Wyatt when Bray Wyatt was a sort of beloved by the hardcore fans you look at it up and down and you go do you know what that's a contender and it was in that massive arena in New Orleans that massive stadium, sorry, the, the, the Superdome and it was just electric um, so there's, I would say it would never have occurred to me and, I, and if it had I wouldn't have put it as a sheep answer but
0: I thought that was a really good shout yeah, for another quiz. But yeah, but you're, but yeah. you're right. You're right for the for the yeah uh, for the point of the discussion. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought about that at all. No. And um, I uh, I will I will say one thing is that uh, what does gangbusters mean?
1: Gangbusters means you know um going, go uh, going you go gangbusters it means you're really going hard. Does it? Where's it come from? Hard and fast. I'm I have no idea. Maybe. Maybe back from the great Depression when <laughs> oh, <don't
0: laughs> go, I'm... sorry i oh, don't no, forget it that 's a, a br- that 's a brilliant answer as absolute you haven 't got a clue of you, but you, as a lovely way of the, you, you didn 't come up with oh it's it's probably a TV show you said oh, it's from the it 's from the depression era <laughs> no, that, uh, absolutely brilliant Susie Dent there joining us and coming up with now the only reason I said it was I knew exactly what you meant when you said it, and I just suddenly went what the piss now does it mean? It actually sounds like a brilliant tag team what gangbusters doesn 't it I think he said, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to, the, welcome to the aisle, the gangbusters. It's better than the flipping it's bludgeon like brothers. brothers.
1: <laughs> the bludgeon brothers. It's also better than the dudebusters. Do you remember those guys?
0: Dudebusters, yeah. Who were wow. they? I can't remember who they were. That um, oh, Was was it Trent Beretta, Trent Beretta, and some other guy. Yeah, I don't recall. He's doing okay for himself. He's not doing so bad, is he? That's all right. Gets, some, gets his work. I can't remember who the other one is. It might, it might occur to me. Was it O'Reilly or O something? Oh, there's people screaming at us now, Paul. This is always the moment where we're here and people are absolutely screaming at us that uh, yes,
1: because because we're, cause we're not actually that clever. We're not actually yeah. people. People think that we our opinion actually holds some water. Um, it was Calen Croft, by the way. Um, Croft. I wouldn't have got that. But, actually, but let me tell. Let me tell you guys. We are we.
0: Our, our opinion matters no more than your than no yours no sc- In, incorrect our opinion matters at the time it's just we have no memory It <laughs> 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 just can't remember what we said last week can't remember what happened last year there you go there and, you well, go but, but uh, remember to us one more question let's uh, make it to a halfway point on the sheep quiz before we move on to other matters
1: Let's have a quick look. Which one shall we look at? Let's go with the hardcore championship question.
0: Oh, yes. we? Over- overwhelming. overwhelming.
1: The but the most overwhelming um, answer in the quiz. And one I fully expected to be Dean Ambrose. Um, there was a couple of... Uh, it, it's a, it went out a fairly obvious pattern there, actually. Dean Ambrose got 31 votes. And then there was a couple for Braun Strowman. There was, the, there was one for Samoa Joe. A couple for Bray Wyatt. Dean Ambrose. Kevin Owens got one. Um, Roman Reigns got one yeah well done Simon Rothstein um, but yeah Dean Ambrose was the guy and if you remember last week the reason I asked I asked this for a pointed reason because you remember I said I wanted to talk about Dean Ambrose yeah
0: go on then right. well, let's talk about Dean Ambrose okay, let's talk about so, Dean. As you, before you do because I sense you've got a set piece coming so um, before you do I'll say that what is interesting about Dean I said Dean Ambrose I never thought about saying anyone else seventy five seventy five point something' seventy six percent of people said that as well um so it was clearly the answer. What's interesting is if you were to say, you know, name a previous um hardcore champion, I think people would think of people like Al Snow, Crash Holly Steve Blackman you know I think that's the kind of person you'd think about as a as a hardcore champ would you not, and yep. they're so much further down the card than where Dean Ambrose would be, whether or not Dean Ambrose you know deserves to be a world champion or deserves to be lower or is in the right spot or whatever, but you're talking someone who's part of the most overgroup in the company that's been the world champ, that's wrestled Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, and yet people say hardcore champion. Now, does that mean people are holding the hardcore championship in a higher esteem than they really ought to? It's a, a nostalgia for an era that they miss. Or are they saying Ambrose is not really good for anything else? It's a weird one. If you, when you actually break it down, it's a it's a bit of a strange choice.
1: I think it's a combination of of those factors, and also that, you know, maybe if they brought a title back like that, you wouldn't like if you brought that title back, you wouldn't give it to Bo Dallas. No, no, no of course not. Out of the gate, would you? would no, no. give it someone high on the card, and then let it trickle down. Correct. So you remember the first Hardcore Champion was Mankind. Yeah, that's right. And then it was guys like Boss Man. Who um, were dog, in that yeah. sort. Yeah, we're in that... The, and it was only later where it went down to the Crash Ollies yeah. and the Ravens and, and whatnot. Rob Van Damme had the hardcore title. Undertaker had the hardcore title.
0: Really? Undertaker was hardcore champion? Oh, mate.
1: You need to go back. Um, ah, what's the pay-per-view?
0: Oh, no, I'll get there. I'm get, I'm watching... As it's you know, too- I'm watching, watching everything from the very start of Raw and I'm, I've got to um i'm just coming up to wrestlemania 2000 so i've uh
1: it is, it is late 2002 okay. uh when the undertaker's in the middle of his american badass um period and in fact i think he i think he might have just turned i'm not sure anyway um yeah, more, like,
0: more he, like the the big evil around there i think yeah
1: it was yes you're absolutely right it was the big evil mm. um and it was absolutely brilliant. He beat um, he beat Rob Van Damme uh, for the hardcore title. And in fact, do you know who he lost the hardcore title to? Maven!
0: Yes!
1: There we go. So you did know that Undertaker was the hardcore champion then?
0: Well, I just said, it was fairly obvious from how you were putting it that it was going to be Maven.
1: <laughs> yes, so... Um, that's, you know, that was a title that had some lineage. It wasn't always on the jobbers.
0: No, I suppose uh, so. Okay, go on. You want, you want to talk about yes. Dean? It's, 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 so your, Dean it's Am- your forum.
1: Dean Ambrose. Okay, so let's have a little bit of a history lesson about Dean Ambrose, shall we? Now, as, as some may know and some may not, Dean Ambrose's background is as a guy called John Moxley, who was very, very much a hardcore deathmatch wrestler back in the day, wrestling for companies like CZW, um, King of the Death match, that sort of thing. Um, it was all barbed wire and fluorescent light tubes and all this, that and the other. Anyway. Not not, not proper wrestling. Well, no. Um anyway, he finds his way to F C W to Florida Championship Wrestling, and he's making a hell of an episode he's put all this behind him and he's making him making his name as a hardcore type wrestler, but one that's a great talker. Uh, a great wrestler to the point where there was a very strong rumor, and I think Mick Foley's um, backed this rumor and, and, and said it's true that they engaged Moxley and Foley engaged oh, in some spat. And it was only when Moxley pushed it too far and started talking about his family that Foley decided to nix it um, and they didn't go forward with it. But that was what was meant to bring. John Moxley to oh, the main I
0: for- I'd completely forgotten that. Did they do yeah. s- they did something at Cauliflower Alley, didn't they?
1: Something like that. And then in, in Vegas. A- yeah. They
0: did they did they did something at that I, I remember that now, yeah.
1: It was very much bubbling under and then he had a match with William Regal. I think that might have been might have been William Regal's last match, but please don't quote me on that. Um, and, and in short, he had a he was thought of very highly. So when he debuted with the Shield Um, in late 2012 we were all very excited John Moxley was finally here Dean Ambrose he was finally here um, on the main roster and it was fantastic and he lived up to every expectation for those first few months of the shield he was the mvp for me of the shield and i'm sure plenty will agree he was the guy chosen to get the u.s title reign ahead of the other two he was the face of the shield he was the mouthpiece they didn't have a leader but he was kind of de facto in that role and he had a brilliant character he was sort of unhinged sort of a bit wild um a bit of a scrapper and it really worked then the shield ended and dean ambrose went completely to shit okay um he turned fair he he was he became the dean ambrose character that we now know but he became wacky Mm -hmm. and now we all know that wacky is just WWE shorthand for a crazy person but it was it was to the point where it was a complete cartoon and to me he was bringing he, he didn't he didn't offer anything at this point It was, he was a complete one he, just kept, he was bringing feuds down by the fact that he acted like a complete arse and often acted like he was, it was all a bit beneath him as well do you remember the Chris Jericho feud Yeah. where they had that match the Ambrose Asylum match it was genuinely one of the worst main event matches I've ever seen it was dreadful you touched on the Brock Lesnar match at Wrestlemania a little bit back dreadful he's got a history a litany of terrible matches since he broke away from the shield he managed to win the world title but there was just nothing to him Although i think he was goofy his facial expressions took me out of the match his moves were silly that little clothesline thing he does where he bounces off the ropes now that's fine like i i you know not every axis to my taste and dean ambrose had clearly hit on a character that he he or the higher-ups wanted him to do and i just thought well that's that's him done. what a shame but you know not interested at all then the shield got back together and again i was enormously excited i'm a massive shield fan got the dv got the blu-ray absolutely massive Shield. i think they're one of the best acts of all time and ambrose was a big part of that but this run you know it's just not been okay there's been mitigating circumstances because of all the problems with roman reigns and whatnot but every time I look at Dean Ambrose yeah he's put the right gear back on but he hasn't changed his character you look at the match against uh, the New Day at um, Survivor Series and he, he, I'm not kidding this is the sort of genesis for this rant he ruined that match for me because he was just gurning and overacting his way through it whereas the other five guys in the match were playing their part to a T, and I include Roman Reigns very much in that Roman Reigns is a silent badass killer and he played that part very well seth rollins has gone right back into the component of the shield that he needs to play dean ambrose is ruining the shield because he's just playing wacky dean ambrose with a riot vest on um and to me he's really that 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 is a problem for me a huge problem i think he's bringing that act down um i don't and and i i've not really got a, a point in general to this i just would like to get your opinion on it and find out what your thoughts are on ambrose and really just get it off my chest that I can't understand why he's so beloved when he's he's, he's, he's bad in my opinion He's the current incarnation of, of Dean Ambrose he's not a good wrestler he's lazy he's generic he's not a particularly good talker um, what does he bring to the table
0: uh, I draw your attention I draw the honourable man uh, honourable member's attention to the uh, subject at large for the opening hour or so of this podcast um, Sheep uh, if once someone is ordained to be "quote unquote" good, then they stay good. I would argue that Jason Jordan is better at almost everything than Dean Ambrose. Uh, apart I from, would agree. Apart from talking, um, but, J, but Jason Jordan is defined as a bad thing with a capital G and a capital T. Uh, sorry, big capital B and a capital T. And Ambrose is defined as a good thing. That's part of it. And um, once you're in, if you're in the cool crowd, you get cheered for the cool crowd. Um, that's part of it but generally speaking I agree with almost everything you said um, I'd bring us back to, in fact we could actually make this into a, a regular podcast feature to go back to the uh, to the old magazine, I've mentioned it several times in the last couple of weeks but when we did the Hooked on Wrestling magazine one of the features that we ran was called Recipe for a Wrestler and I think last week we talked about Bobby Roode specifically about uh, something we did in the, um, in the mag about him, that, what you know, if you were making a recipe of parts of other wrestlers to make up Bobby Roode, we were talking about how it would be, you know, a part Triple H, it would be part mm. Ric Flair, part Kurt Hennig, part Rick Roode. Um well I think here's the problem with Ambrose. Um, I think he would be part um part Roddy Piper, part Brian Pillman, and part Kramer from Seinfeld. And I think that's the I just I just I all I see is Dean Ambrose slamming in the door and skidding along and making a sort of giddy up sort of, so I just, I I see Kramer in him, and I love Kramer by the way I think he's one of the best comedy characters ever, but I'm not always wanting that out of my, my superstars, and I don't really have a massive problem with Ambrose if he's a, a an okay mid-carder that pops up with more important stuff from time to time, but is generally a bit of comic relief. My issue is his positioning over the years of being world champion and a Lesnar opponent, and you know, a shield guy, were actually, I think some of his, you mentioned about that stuff with Jericho. Yeah. The matches let themselves down. I actually got a huge kick. I don't remember what he, what did he call that pot plant? Um, he had a pot plant and he gave yeah. it a name. Like could have told you It He's called it Barry or something. Oh, yeah. And it was, I thought genuinely laugh out loud funny, but there is an old expression, which is funny ain't money. And that the people that, you know, Santino is, you know, a, Wonderful comic relief and whatever, but and even William Regal, but no one ever bought tickets to go and see them, you know. Not necessarily. That's a bit harsh on Regal, who's a you know, a legit, you know, hero of you know many people, and you know deserves to go in the Hall of Fame soon. I think he might do this year. But um, you know, I love Regal to pieces, but I don't think Regal ever changed any metrics. I don't think anyone started watching Raw or Nitro or or anything <clears> because of Regal. But it was a strong reason why people would keep watching because he was such an entertaining character and such a good wrestler in the right positions. And Santino and, and various others. But you know, to me, Ambrose is almost in that category. Not as good a wrestler as Regal, obviously. But um, I do find the guy quite funny. I, I, th- I, find him, I think his comedy timing is quite natural. But I think if you're ever going to be... I think serious Dean Ambrose should be a heel. I think he should be a pest, a nutcase... You know, unhinged and attacking people for no reason and getting on your tits. If he's gonna be a babyface, you know, like you say, it's that wacky and I hate the word wacky anyway, because it almost always means you know, I, I think wacky, I think of that character in the Fast show that Charlie Higson played, you know, with the glasses and like the office the office yeah, moron that's always trying to mean. trying to make jokes and stuff. That's what I think of being wacky is what I think of people um painting Union Jacks on their face and chanting Henman henman men at Wimbledon thinking that they're hilarious. People that do stuff on comic relief and children in need and like it's you know something. You know I'm not denigrating those charities by the way, but I'm just saying that people do something on those days and go, oh, I'm mad me. What am I like? And actually they're just a bit annoying. So, um, that's why. And I, I try to put Ambrose in that. But I would I would love him to if they when they break the shield up. I hope Ambrose does it.
1: I think he will be the one that goes. I here, hope to Ambrose goes honest.
0: mental on Rollins. And I get, think that.
1: I think that's exactly where we're going for WrestleMania, and let's let's hope that he can pull some out of the bag there. But like the one, the one thing I will leave it with is, you know, since Ambrose left the Shield, a name me one genuinely good match he's had, and b all these bad ones, all these bad feuds that he's been in. There has one, there is one common denominator in all of those feuds, and it's it, him. Him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I've never been a big, I've never been a big Ambrose guy. People so. give. People give Bray Wyatt and rightly, I'm, I include myself in this. People give Bray Wyatt crap for being like an anchor and for bringing people down who have got momentum. And a feud with Wyatt stops it in the tracks. It's dead true. It does. Dean Ambrose does exactly the same. Agreed. 100%. Um, the, he's, the, he's the face equivalent of that. Those two characters are cancer in that in that um, storytelling environment. And something needs to change because I just do not see I don't get why people love him so much frankly
0: but he can talk and what I will say about him is that I could see heel Ambrose having a group around him I could see heel Ambrose doing a bit of the punk a bit of the Kevin Sullivan um, you know drawing people a bit of the Bray Wyatt drawing people to him and now I like Ambrose as the leader of a a heel group a slightly off the wall heel group but you know do you know what Ambrose would actually be a really good leader of sanity
1: the old Dean Ambrose could have done that, but it remains to be seen whether the new Dean Ambrose, the current Dean Ambrose, is capable. Well, I'm the,
0: not. The, I'm not convinced. The current incarnation, but it, it will still have it in him to, you know, to be able to do that. But um, uh, here's a little um, question to uh, to wrap it up. Um, what does Dean Ambrose, Xavier Woods, the Miz, and Damien Sandow have in common? Oh,
1: say those names again.
0: Uh, Dean Ambrose. Damien Sandow Xavier Woods and the Mears amongst others I'm sure but they're the ones that come to my mind not the Scooby Doo they hold the microphone differently from anyone else <laughs> <laughs> And, and uh, genuinely I think sometimes that's quite important Dean Ambrose holds it. actually doesn't do it, I don't think as much as he used to but Dean Ambrose would hold the microphone sort of in between his fingers in a sort of weird way and hold it slightly sideways Xavier holds it on the side of his hand and has it across the side I could have added Ken Kennedy of course with the drop down one yeah. um, Sandow used to do it like a brandy glass
1: yes I remember that that one, was my yeah. favourite
0: one he used to hold it like a brandy glass yeah, and the, yeah. the Miz has got his little logo on there and holds it side different I think there are little things that you can do if you're a wrestler just up and coming that you could just do different to anyone else something Matt Hardy used to do Matt Hardy used to do moves off the second rope slightly off centre so rather oh, right. than having one foot either side of the turnbuckle, he would have two feet off to the side of the turnbuckle. Now, it might just be that's how he was better balanced, but he just it looked different. And I love it when people can do the tiniest little thing to make themselves stand out. So I love the fact that The Miz has always got his upside-down M on the microphone. Just it's, it's the tiniest wee things. I honestly think they make the difference half the time. It's attention to detail, and it's just... It's character and I think if someone cares about their character enough to think about those things and do it, I usually I think they've got a chance.
1: I fully agree. I fully agree.
0: I I wouldn't close the door on Ambrose. I don't think that um um you know I don't think that the job is done. I think there is there is money still in him, I think there's things that you can do. I will say though, he's one of those ones that if they let him go, he's the kind of person if he was let go he'd be TNA champion within three weeks and it would just be dull as hell. It would yeah. be that Del Rio, you know, that kind of push them straight into the top and you know put the title on them and you go, oh god, it's that yeah. you, just, you just you know you just anyone that's former WWE would have to be a big star and they would just he would sink them down. And I, I I'm saying, comic relief in the middle of the card or heel faction. That would be my uh, my wish list. Fair enough. Good stuff. Right, um, I think we'll we'll leave it there for the um, the sheep stuff. We'll have a little chat like next week about uh, the other five questions. Again, we'll try and uh, whiz through them a wee bit. But uh, thank you to everyone that uh, took part in the sheep quiz. It's, it's becoming a, a good little uh, success story. Um, one before Christmas, Paul, or are we going to wait to the new year? No, we'll get one in December. I'll do it
1: slightly earlier in December so that we're not sort of um, looking at it over the Christmas period I might run it about the 10th of December so we can be done and dusted just before Christmas
0: okay well as we speak to you folks we're on the 30th of November so um, well, that's only going to be uh, a couple of weeks away so we're straight in with another quick turnaround uh, on the next sheep quiz stick a couple of Christmassy ones in there as well where we can have some, uh, <laughs> some like uh, tidings works. what's the greatest Santa Claus match of all time Bar um, Humbug there we go yeah okay But Bar Humbug very good for the sheep that's excellent there you um, go. Lovely stuff. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not our first rodeo, fellas. It's, uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> all carefully scripted. I can tell you. Uh, right, uh, but before we go on to, um, we going to answer some um, at <laughs> least some questions from the fans. Listen to me. Um, but uh, some questions from Facebook. We did put a little message out today saying, uh, uh, "Does anyone have a question that you'd like us to answer?" Because we were we were coming in a little bit cold really today. We thought we'll talk about some sheep stuff, but. Uh, there's not much else going on that really catches our fancy, so we'll uh, we thought we'd offer it up and get a couple of questions. And we've had bundles, so um, we'll, we won't take all of them necessarily. We'll take the best, but we'll try and do a bit of a quick-fire Q and A. Q&A. We don't do that very often, but uh, so um, we'll do it a little bit more often. If you want, any any time you ever want to ask us anything on the podcast, get our opinion on something. Whether it's something modern day or whether it's something you know from way back or a topic we've talked about before or anything, it's, you know, feel free. We're, we're happy to chat about anything here. We want to make it uh, different and uh, about um, about us really. Sometimes our opinions and sharing with you. We want to make it uh, uh, part of the Hooked On family. So but we'll come to that. But uh, it wouldn't be um, it wouldn't be a Hooked On podcast without Paul doing you know somewhere between two and seventy six minutes of plugging in the middle. Um, so, uh, keep it brief, mate. On as, mu- as much as you can. Keep but, it uh, brief. Yeah, keep it brief. To as much as you can. But uh, tell people what we got, what we've got going on at the moment in terms of cool. what ticket, tickets tickets cool. they can buy. Blind. In fact, let's start. Let's start with the uh, the nearest chronologically. Let's start with Wrestle Kingdom because this is the one that's going to creep up on people. So bear in mind, everyone. Wrestle Kingdom is J- is January the fourth as it is every year, it doesn't matter what day of the week it is, but it's always January the 4th and Paul will tell you what we're running for it in just a second but if you're thinking of coming to Wrestle Kingdom it's a good time to do it just now um, not only have you probably just been paid for November um, and you've still got a little bit of money before you spend it all for Christmas Christmas and New Year is one of those things that creeps up on you and there's the 22nd and you're going, "Oh, well I better get Christmas out of the way and you get Christmas out of the way and New Year out of the way and suddenly it's January the 2nd and you go, oh Wrestle Kingdom's two days away, bollocks I'm too late and I can't sort myself out. So it's a great time now to think about it. If you're in a couple or if there's a couple of mates or something, it's a good little uh, Christmas present um, to say, okay, we'll go and we'll stay in a hotel and we'll go and do the uh, the morning um, breakfast thing for, uh, for Wrestle Kingdom. So get thinking about it now and Paul's gonna give you the pertinent information because it's, uh, it's a great time to get yourself booked in and even with some, some early rates as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So right, Wrestle Kingdom guys, it's the first time we've done this. Uh, for those that don't know, it's New Japan Re- Pro Wrestling's flagship show. And this year, we're going to be treated to a double main event. We've got Okada against NATO for the IWGP title, which should be one hell of a match. But more importantly, in most people's minds, we've got the semi-main event, Alpha versus Omega, Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. A match many of us never thought we'd see. So, to mark that occasion, we're doing a party. Because it's in Japan, it's not going to be our usual format. It's going to be in the morning. It's going to be start at 7 o'clock in the morning with the doors open on Thursday, January the 4th. So hopefully, you'll either still be off for Christmas or you can get the day or the morning off anyway. It's going to be at the Grand in London, in Clapham. Um, we want you guys to come down. We're going to put breakfast on. We're going to have beers flowing. We're going to have orange juice, tea, and coffee flowing for those that have a, a more sensible persuasion. More importantly, we're going to have that phenomenal show arguably the best in-ring wrestling shows of the year on that massive screen and if you've not been to the Cla- grand Clapham before think cinema size and I'm not exaggerating it's gigantic
0: it's gonna, huge
1: we are going to be playing that it'll be the biggest screen that's ever showed wrestling japanese wrestling in England I can assure you um, that's going to be on we're going to show the whole show live but we're also going to have a little quiz at half time. They have an interval in Japanese wrestling. That, that tradition stayed alive, so we're going to have that on. And we're also going to do a post show discussion panel um, moderated by Patrick Lennon, a fighting talk from the Daily Star, and featuring a couple of our friends and colleagues that I think you'll be all excited to hear from. Um, it's going to be a great day. You know, it's something very different. You were doing this because you guys have said you want it. Mm-hmm. We put the word out to say, would you be interested? Overwhelmingly, you guys said yes. So now what I'm going to urge you, I'm going to do something I don't normally do, and it's a little bit of a plea. I'm going to urge you to buy these tickets because we've got a lot of costs associated with this party, way more so than normal. We're prepared to go with that, but you guys need to show us that you that you actually want it, and that means buying tickets. We've sold a good number so far, but it's certainly not been the overwhelming rush that I expected from the um, from the number of tickets so please 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 show us that we're doing the right thing by getting your tickets. if you're coming in get your tickets in now and um, otherwise because what if I turn around to the bar and say we've only sold 100 tickets coming to Christmas they're gonna get antsy and I don't want that I want them to be as excited about it as we are so please 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 get your tickets in if you're gonna come I'm going to what I'm going to do to help that is I'm going to also put the next day or so. I'm going to put those general admission tickets on sale so you can buy whatever classification ticket you want um, just get it get it sorted so we know you're coming and we're looking forward to seeing you there okay
0: absolutely so it's Wrestle Kingdom January the 4th it's an early start but it's something completely different we're going to have some fun with it it is the Grand of the Rising Sun everyone that's what we're oh. going to call it Nice. and it's uh, it's going to be a very 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 fun uh, event we really want you to uh, to come along and join us um before we get there um Paul and I have promised we're going to do a little bit uh, uh some research we may even try and get a, a guest on that's quite uh, versed in uh, a bit of japanese stuff as well so we'll um we'll try and uh, have at least one show that we can dedicate to doing some um, definitely uh, sorry, some some japanese wrestling and uh, and have some fun with that um we've also got in january um Royal Rumble. Um, we generally keep our shows quite a distance apart, and actually, we're going to be doing two in the space of four weeks there. But uh, shortly after Wrestle Kingdom, in fact, about just about three weeks later, um, we'll be back there for uh, for the Royal Rumble, uh, and people can buy tickets. This is in London, of course, but uh, for for the Rumble, we're going 14 venues for 14 is, is is craziness.
1: Oh my word, is it not? Deep breath, deep breath, right. So yes, we're going to be at the, we're going to be at 14 different venues guys. Like this is the biggest undertaking of a party we've ever done. It's our 5th anniversary. We started 5 years ago with 70 people in a crappy little bar in Shepherd's Bush. Um, and it's grown and grown and grown and grown to the point where we've got 14 parties on. It's crazy. It's I have to insane. pinch myself. <laughs> it's insane it really is insane um but again i always say this the reason we're to be able to do this is because you guys have supported us all the way yep. you've 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 come along you've put your money where your mouth is you've joined in the atmosphere you've turned these events into something absolutely fantastic and that support has allowed us to carry on branching this out across the country getting more people involved getting more people excited spreading that wrestling fandom um and we love you for it and uh, and the, the tickets have, f- as usual unexp- unsurprisingly flown out the door for the Royal Rumble um it's two months away almost exactly two months away and you know in, in, in London for instance we've sold 150 tickets already which is unprecedented normally we haven't even sold one at this point so you know you're going to get big crowds everywhere we go there's going to be big crowds this time we are really shooting for the stars um To give you an idea of where we are, deep breath time, Rob. Put your feet up. This is going to take me a while. These are the 14 cities. I'm not going to go into the venues. You can see all the information on our Facebook, but we are going to be in London, Leeds, Manchester, Liverpool, Cardiff, Nottingham, Birmingham, Derby, Sheffield, Reading, Glasgow, Chelmsford, Brighton and Bournemouth. How crazy is that?
0: I can't wait. I honestly can't wait because it's... um it's the pay-per-view I think people get most excited about the Rumble it's got something different about it Um, we've talked a bit about who's going to win the Rumble already on this podcast that's obviously something we're going to go into more in the new year Um, but I think there's some there's been some indications especially in the the second half of of 2017 that WWE are really loading these pay-per-views these days Mm. and I feel that we're going to get a big loaded Rumble with lots of different possible, possible winners in it um, so uh, I think it's going to be a really great event. Um, like Paul says we are pushing very well on the tickets specifically in London uh, at an early stage because what tends to happen is you get a bit of an early rush and then it dies off a bit and then you get a bit more when you start to get some uh, some matches announced and then you get a big run at the end where people realise it's coming soon. Um, but to have this many sold this early uh, is very very good news. So uh, thank you for for those of you that have already purchased. Uh, bundles of time for everyone else so don't worry about it but uh, uh all over the country um the sooner you buy um you can do yourself a bit of a favor by saving getting the ticket sorted and then having the knowledge that you're uh, you're in uh but also uh, like paul says it's nice for us to know that uh if we know we've got a big crowd coming we can cater specifically for that crowd and uh get more things on for you and uh and that includes hosts that includes uh games that we'll be playing don't forget at these hooked on nights you don't just turn up and watch the pay-per-view. We're about way more than that. So you'll be coming, and you'll be uh, hopefully in your fancy dress. You don't have to. It's no, it's never been a, a must for these parties, but we love to see those that come along in fancy dress. Prizes for uh, for the best ones. Um, often people come along wearing a wrestling t-shirt jeans or whatever that's cool too just get yourself in the spirit that's what we want to see Uh, we'll be doing quizzes at each venue Um, selected venues will have video game competitions we have a beer pong thing going on in London Um, various different venues have their own um, ways of doing it but there's often drinks offers, there's different cocktails, there's Food offers. There's all sorts of things going on at different venues. You contact your local venue for uh, for more information on those kind of things as well. Um, but what we want to push home is that this is the coolest way to watch a pay per view, other than being there. And sometimes it's even better than being there because you you can be near the bar and you can be with your mates and you can be you know in your in your bed half an hour later depending on where you live. So it's um, it's a great way of watching it. There is nothing quite like the reaction of a crowd that you're in uh, when something cool happens when AJ Styles immersed as number three two years ago, I've never known anything like it. So um, the Rumble is probably the coolest one for that because you have your countdowns and your surprise entrance and the, and the fun gimmicks and all that kind of thing. So um, please come along, uh, support Hooked On, uh, as you're obviously uh, someone that knows us because you're listening to this podcast. So uh, if you're still a bit of a party virgin and you've never been along in person, uh, we'd love to see you. And if your excuse, and I'm going to call it an excuse, is that you're on your own, Don't worry about it. It's almost like the most inclusive singles night in the world in the sense that (laughs) if if people... But you're under no obligation or pressure to do anything. If you want to sit in the corner and watch the show, you're more than welcome. But you will find there'll be other people there on their own. They'll chat to you. They'll bring you in the group. We genuinely... This is absolutely genuine. We know people that now come as a group and used to previously come as individuals or come as two, two pairs and a three and a one and now they're pals and we follow some of them on Twitter and we can see them talking to one another on Twitter and they're friends on Facebook and they go for a drink in real life and I've, I've even known couples genuinely folks I've known couples get together through Hooked On and that is true and it's a and I've also known it from other parts of the wrestling world as well it's a really cool experience when people start to get on and uh, and love their wrestling as, you know, as well as their, as well as loving one another as uh, jerry springer would say
1: um <laughs> so before we
0: get all schmaltzy we'll move on to uh, some other questions and stuff um, and what we're going to do is we're going to go on to some questions from our facebook page but paul is just going to give you a little plug of our of our social media because if you if you are after more information of how to get involved in hooked on parties and if you want to ask us questions uh, we're accessible through social media which paul will tell you about now
1: yeah absolutely so our social media to be honest has is, is blown up in the last few weeks it's been, as anyone who uses social media as a, as a business and as a, as a tool to reach out to people will know it's not always easy to get traction with people but over the last few weeks you guys have just been swarming our Facebook so thank mm. you very much for that and obviously it's because we try to put some interesting stuff on there but we got to the point where we're just getting thousands upon thousands of people viewing this stuff um and it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant to see a long way to continue and obviously as we go towards the parties there's going to be more and more news shared on those facebook accounts so like for instance today we just announced that we've got a couple of new hosts so we've got um ash rose is coming down to join yes. the party in brighton we're really excited about having ash around a long long time friend of ours Great news. fantastic host fantastic broadcast, that gives that's, broadcast an ex- that's an
0: excuse to get him on the podcast before the ride.
1: totally totally it's an excuse to get us on the gorilla position as well mate <laughs> <laughs> <Good job. laughs> um, also we've got um jamie kennedy and um, james r kennedy as some of you know him from icw um bit of a local managerial legend in the making up in glasgow he's going to be hosting at walkabout glasgow i'm dead excited to have him um he's clearly wins are hooked on George Michael lookalike contest as well, which is, you uh, won't mind me saying. Um, and then we've got uh, probably maybe the jewel in the crown are the one we've annu- ones we've announced this week. Delighted to have Joseph Connors um, yes. of WWE's UK division um, looking after our fans in Derby.
0: Yes, that's been uh, that's been coming for a wee while, isn't it? We were trying to get him for uh, yeah. I think for a WrestleMania show, and uh, it didn't quite work out. But we're uh, we're keen to work with Joseph. He's uh, a real talent showed up in that um, that WWE talent uh, WWE tournament in in Blackpool, and um, great to have him on board. And we hope, guys, again, again, this not want to pat ourselves on the back too much. We hope that you can see by our association with people, we're talking about people genuinely in the wrestling industry. There, that's not to mention people that we've worked with before and will again, like Steve Linsky and Doug Williams and so Cal Val and Joanna Rose and other people that are in the wrestling industry that are that are with Hooked On. And that's I would like to think that they wouldn't work with us unless they trusted us and thought we were uh, uh, the kind of brand that they wanted to be associated with. So thank you to all of those for uh, for helping us. Um, get along as well, so it's. Um, I don't want to turn this into too much of a loving, but every now and again it's nice, I think, mm-hmm. to pat ourselves on the back and uh, uh, to realise just how far we've come. Because I always said to Paul, I think it was the WrestleMania before last, and we. I know on before last you were at, so it must have been the uh, must been the Rumble before that. We were sold out in the, uh, or as near to sold out as we could possibly get in the uh, walkabout temple, six hundred or so people in the building. And I just put my arm around Paul and went, "We did this." and it it came from four blokes five blokes in a sofa in Camden Yeah. and somehow there was hundreds of people and indeed something like 3,000 people across the country came to our Wrestlemania shows utterly bonkers see if you can top it for the Rumble guys we'd love that anyway that's the end end. anyway the social channels that we're going
1: to talk to you about so facebook.com forward slash hooked on uh, sorry forward slash h-o wrestling is the one you want that's the main source of information you can um, invite yourself to all the parties there you can say completely clued up on everything you need to know going forward also keep your eye on Twitter for us um, HO underscore wrestling where we like to put the occasional
0: amusing quip and bit of information on there also uh, I did have someone actually recently and it's a fair question it might sound uh, uh, a wee bit silly but I thought it was a fair question um, they said well, I was looking for your thing online This was someone that used to Follow me back in the day and didn't realise we were doing a new podcast so he said when are you bringing one-sided ring back and I said well we're doing hooked on now alright I'll have a look for that and he said I have found a couple of things he went are you hooked on wrestling or are you hooked on events and I said Mm -hmm. mate we're both so just in just in case um, you look out there and you see I can only see hooked on events that's us as well okay just so you know yeah that's Um, it anyway on the Facebook page that Paul just mentioned uh, earlier on today as in Thursday when we are recording this podcast um, we popped a little question up there and said Anything you want us to talk about on the podcast? Any questions for us? Um, and uh, we came through with uh, with plenty of stuff. I believe I actually haven't looked at the uh, the answers. Paul just came on just before we went on live to record and said we've got tons of tons of responses. So uh, for, yeah, considering we had such a short space of time. So um, I li- I genuinely don't have a computer in front of me. So um, well let me
1: go let me go out with a few for you mate so what I'll do is I'll read you the question out let's not spend age on these because we've got a lot together I want to try and give everyone's question a fair shout definitely Um, so just just give us a few words on it and I'll do the same and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get through these guys so let's start right at the top with Francis Reyes Always contributes. Love Francis to bits He's always always getting involved with what we're doing. So let's cause let's start with him. An early an early
0: leader in the sheep quiz. About four questions in, oh. he was looking good, and then he then he fell off a cliff.
1: He was the last perfect sheep, and then he just went to pieces. I think oh, the pre- the, la- the last perfect sheep. He was. Oh, them. doesn't that doesn't that sound like a children's book for Christmas? <laughs> oh the last perfect sheep. Fra- Francis the perfect sheep. Nah, I love Francis. Great, great lad. Um, Anyway, so Francis asked a few questions. Now, Francis, I'll tell you what, mate, we're not going to we're not going to talk about your impact question because neither of us watches it, so we haven't <laughs> got a clue. Um, so we'll move on. Um, Francis asked a couple of things. Um, his most interesting question is probably. No, let's do them both. What the didn't hell? B- which we can
0: do which WCW pay per view would you bring back, Rob? Oh crikey! Um, well, I suppose that's in that's a topical question in the sense that uh, we've just had the War Games there. Um, I tell you what, I will tell you what. One that jumps to my mind. So obviously i have not thought through every single WWE, WCW pay per view. Um, I liked the, and a lot didn't, but I liked the Lethal Lottery. Yes. Um, and I know they did it in TNA and they called it Aces Wild, didn't they? Um, Juice I think. Wild. Uh, Juice is wild. Sorry. Um, I think um, you could do a, you could do that in NXT. I would, I would, I, I think you could do the Lethal Lottery. Um, you could maybe do it as a, as a Smackdown pay-per-view but I think it would probably be better as an NXT tournament or uh, a, a network style tournament as in um, you know I, we talked the other week about my idea of the uh, the male female uh, competition the classic you could maybe do a quote unquote classic maybe the, maybe the different the next incarnation of the Dusty Rhodes classic is you could do the Dusty Rhodes classic but you know with d- teams. do it as the league because I believe that was a dusty idea yeah. Um, so you could do the next Dusty Rose classic could be a lethal lottery um, and do it that way and just have some fun sort of scratch teams in fact am I right in saying that, did Balor and Joe win that they did but they didn't mention that did they at the Survivor Series no
1: because that doesn't count in count yeah in, how
0: does it that really annoy annoyed, those little, little things that, that annoy me that would have been a lovely little touch for them to just say it's worth noting that these guys won a tag team tournament once in fact I'm not even talking about Survivors I'm talking about the Raw before they teamed on the Raw before didn't they
1: Rob can I can I just sound the you're going way off topic Claxon here yes a,
0: a bit, apologies, <laughs> apologies.
1: <laughs> sorry mate but I know what no. we're both like. no, 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 no 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 you're you very you're right
0: to do so <laughs>
1: well alright let me give my answer let so. me talk a little bit Alex about Alex the Pug Porto. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a very short conversation wouldn't it i just finished um, didn't he have the steiner brothers anyway no yeah he did Uh, WCW University of Michigan which one would I bring back Halloween Havoc simple as that I love the geekiness of that I love the gimmickry it's so silly and of it's time but I'd love to see a little even if it was just like what they've done with Starcade and do it for a house show but I'd love to see Halloween Havoc back with all the silly sets and the daft announcers dressed up as vampires why the hell not
0: yeah, that was basically just a fans' dress party, wasn't it? It no. wasn't. A, there's no real gimmick to the pay-per-view. There weren't any different nope. matches. It was just a no. Nope. Just chamber been... but a match oh, one year, but bloody, that,
1: was it. Bloody yeah, it. that was that would be my thing. And then the second question Francis asked um, is if Daniel Bryan were allowed to wrestle, who would you like to see him wrestle?
0: Oh crikey! Um, the answer uh, three or four years ago would have been without hesitation Kurt Angle, but not now.
1: Yeah, not now.
0: Um. I think probably AJ Styles. It's a bit of a... It's a bit of a boring answer in some ways, but... It's so obvious, isn't it? I think it'll be a great match. I think it's box office. I think it's... I just think it would be... It, I think AJ's the best wrestler on the planet. You know, I so agree. I, I, agree. I, I think he's the best all-round... I'm going to use the term, folks. Don't hate. I'm going to say he's the best sports entertainer on the planet. Um, he's the best WWE-style wrestler on the planet. Um... But if Daniel Bryan was fit, he'd probably be second, or he'd be one a. So I, th- I think, I think it's one and one a. Um, I'd love to see Daniel Bryan versus Finn Balor. That would be really, really fabulous. And I I, 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 still think that, I still think that Daniel Bryan and Cena have got another one in them. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what, I, you could do Daniel, or you could also do a very, very decent Daniel Bryan versus versus Brock Lesnar. Um, you know with Brian being that, this, or the that that plucky. never
1: did happen did it
0: no you could you could absolutely do it uh, Lesnar would need to win but we talked last week on the podcast I said I would like to have seen Styles sell a bit more and be the underdog a bit more um, you could probably do that match with Daniel Bryan but if we're talking about someone who may or may not get cleared because of concussions I'm not putting him in the ring with Brock Lesnar just to clarify even if he was cleared as being okay it's not the right thing to do Um AJ will protect him and look after him as would Finn so I'll go AJ and Finn as my number one and two do you know what I'd go for
1: and it would not be the best match quality obviously the obvious, my obvious and first real answer is AJ Styles mm. but I would like to see Daniel Bryan against The Miz
0: that is the logical comeback match totally that is, defi- that is definitely the first match if um, Francis's question is like a dream match one but if you're saying who the first one back should be assuming he would have more you're absolutely right. Absolutely yep, okay. right. And I think it would be great fun to watch Daniel Bryan kick his head off. And I think The Miz has probably done those little bits and bobs to put himself in that position. So if, if Bryan does get cleared, of course you would go to The Miz. I mean, I Definitely. think that, they Definitely. Be, you'd have to work out the brand thing now. But, it's, um... but, my, but my, my actual,
1: in, if I'm just going to say another name out there in terms of dream match scenarios, that would actually fit within the current storylines, Kevin Owens.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I certainly wouldn't not want to see it. It'd be great fun, but I don't have a a real yearning to see that. It'd be great, well, but I don't it have, a, I don't it have a yearning.
1: It doesn't shine a candle to uh, to AJ Styles, but I think it'd be great fun. Anyway, it would. moving on, because I'm gonna I am gonna hurry us through these yeah, ones. Yeah, no, no, no. Feddy, Tasha Gregory asks, what do we think about the lack of factions in women's wrestling, considering the introduction of Absolution and the Riot Squad? Now, Rob, I know you haven't watched. Raw and SmackDown this week, so just to clue you in, Absolution is the name given to Paige's faction. Yeah. And obviously, the Riot squad is Ruby Riot and her friends. Was it Sarah Logan and I can't remember the other one? Uh, I can't remember the name.
0: No, I don't remember. Shame on me. But anyway, um, it's the the three women on SmackDown. But I'm aware of them coming in. Is it um, it something Morgan? 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 Morgan. Yeah. Liv Morgan. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm aware of them all coming in. Um, I. I don't mind. I I've always said I don't mind a faction, male or female wrestling. I like a faction when it uh, a makes sense in story and b is going to help everybody. Um, so it doesn't always need to be actually helping everybody. Like for example, the Miz is not really going to make any uh, main event out of Curtis Axel or, or Bo Dallas, but it's giving them something to do. They're getting a paycheck while it's enhancing Miz's character. See also J and J Security and uh, the JBL's cabinet and others. Um, I don't know the two girls that are with. I haven't seen it enough, so I don't know who's with Page. Whether they're trying to build them up to be superior to Page, or whether they're just giving Page a bit of a, a lift with those. Um, whichever, whichever way it falls, I didn't like it when they did. For example, um, we're going to do a women's revolution, and therefore you guys are a team, and you guys are a team, and you guys are a team. So who was it? It was Charlotte, Becky, and Page, wasn't it? Yes and it was um Sasha and Alicia and Naomi or whatever the teams were and it just T was team bad and team BCP and I really didn't like that I just I just it was just thrown together it was factions for the sake of factions um but they're really a really good idea if you can if you can work them out correctly. The difficulty with the women's division is because the divisions are so small um you know five or six you know women in a division on each show makes it quite tough. With the addition of three on each, you know, you've got a little bit more depth there. Um, So I think it's, uh, I'm all for it if, if they fit together and it's for everyone's benefit, really. I think it's hard to debut in a faction and stand out, especially when four, five new girls debut in the same week. So I question having one on each brand at the same time. It strikes me as only having one idea but trying to make it play over two places but like you say I haven't actually seen it Um, I haven't um, apologies everyone but I'm not up on my uh, current product since Survivor Series so um, I reserve judgement on how exactly they've been introduced Um, what, what do you think? well
1: personally i think I, I don't really see the issue i don't think there has been a lack of factions in women's wrestling i think there's just been a lack of factions generally i think there's definitely been a lack of good factions. you couldn't name one decent women's faction but like you just mentioned the three that they started the women's rev- res- revolution out with in nxt they had the bffs didn't they with charlotte and sasha and Sh- uh summer Rae. um that worked really well that launched both charlotte and sasha and got page over at the same time so there's been factions. Um, I just don't think there's been one that's really hit stride yet. If the four horsewomen k- come in and then you put the WWE four horsewomen together, then you'll see that change because Sasha, Charlotte, Becky and Bayley, if they're given the right build, they'll get over as a faction themselves. Wow. So yeah, I just think it's a case of um, they've not really got... They've not really succeeded yet, eh? No,
0: nope, but it's um like... Uh... Like everything, like theme music, like finishes, like a lot of other things we've talked about, all about right place, right time. And the, and, and with the right people. So if they think that they've put those two um, uh, trios together uh, at the right time with the right people and it can work, uh, I'm, I'm all for it. Okay. So,
1: simple one from Adam Trimble. Adam says, Broken Matt Hardy. Loved it in TNA, but do you think it's going to succeed in WWE?
0: Uh, in a word, no, because they won't do it the same way as they did in TNA. Well, you know that I hated it, so right, I feel like I'm, I feel like deferring to you more on this because I think you liked Broken Matt Hardy a lot more than I did. I did, I um, did, and,
1: and I really,
0: and, and... I detested the gimmick because it took, it wasn't, it didn't fit within the narrative, and there were too many things that took you out of the suspension of disbelief. WWE won't do that. They won't do it the same way. They'll protect certain elements of the show. There's other ways that they don't do it. See the, um, the awful um, House of Horrors um, Bray Wyatt, um, Randy Orton thing, which was kind of their version, which they arsed up. Um, what I will say is that the little bits of the Matt Hardy... I liked the character. As in, I liked the way he spoke and the fact he had catchphrases and he was over. and I liked that it gave him a bit of a direction with the character. I hated all the extra little touches that they did. The, I hated the broken universe. If you like, but I I didn't. But I understood the broken character, so I wouldn't mind seeing the character. But
1: I think that's exactly what you're going to see. I think you'll see the character, but nothing else. And I think without that wackiness, I just think it becomes a very, a very strange character, to be honest. And no, I don't think it'll succeed because I think that it will have a nice initial pop and it'll be quite good fun. But without the creative license, and because it is. So built up, I don't think you can catch lightning in a bottle twice. So I think it's just going to be a very, a very, very short flash in the pan.
0: Do you know what's a, a really good, um, a really good example of that one, um, Adam, is that if you look at, um, Bully Ray. Bully Ray as a character in TNA for a couple of years was the best thing they had going. He shed a load of weight. He was an unbelievable talker. He was legitimately the biggest star in that company for a couple of years, or deserved to be. He was he was brilliant wasn't he he was the best thing going Um, the whole aces and eights thing was a bit of a debacle but even during that he was the best of any of them Um, and then when he went to WWE just plain old Bubba Ray Dudley again and they didn't have to give him any mic time they just went straight back to the Dudleys the Dudleys lost a bunch of matches over a couple of years uh, and then Devon retired and now Bully Ray went to ROH and now he's retiring as well but Vince wouldn't have seen Bully Ray when the nope. Dudleys came back to WWE, Vince would have gone, we'd like the Dudleys, we had some fun with the Dudleys, put them back together, job them because they can build some other teams, and then move them along because they're not going to move any metrics for us anymore. And it'll be exactly the same with the Hardys. So, um, Hardys came back over WrestleMania weekend with a load of buzz, and it was great to begin with, but I don't think there was ever really a legitimate um, thing from Vince. If Vince pushes Broken Matt... Or a version of Broken Matt, it'll only be because Matt has pitched it brilliantly to Vince as a new thing, and Vince doesn't really know what it's been before. He'll be aware of what happened before in TNA because people have made him aware, but he won't have seen it. So, nope. um, it might happen. If it does happen, it'll be a, a little mid-card thing. But then probably, I. Th- but so it should be. Do you know what I mean? It shouldn't be anything big. Of
1: course not. Of course not. It's a main. It's a, It's not a main event angle. So cool right we've covered that adam thanks for your question leanne uh one of our big fans i know she listens every week so hey leanne um right what do we what we got here so she says i'm just going to paraphrase this a little bit do we think that wrestlemania plans have changed now roman Reigns has got the intercontinental title we all know or we all assume that the plan from a while back has been reign against reigns against brock lesnar what's next is that going to be on track will braun Strowman get involved in that what do you think I think we actually to be fairly and I think we covered this in some detail last week so it's probably best not to retread it Um, I think the I'll I'll talk for us both here just to say we both think that unfortunately plans will stay the same they should change up and put Braun in but we don't think they will we think that Roman Reigns is going to get that victory at Wrestlemania
0: yeah, I'm not, answer, I'm not answering her question after so she was rude to me in this. In the of it. <laughs> well, try <laughs> this one. Okay, try I'm, this I'm one. I'm, I'm, I'm only kidding. Just to, um, just to add to what you said, um, I think Roman Reigns has the IC title because I think they're going to want to put all the titles on the shield and it just looks kind of good that they're carrying all the gold. Um, yeah. And so I think that's probably what they'll do. I think you'll almost ignore the fact that Reigns is IC champion until they need an excuse to get it off him.
1: Yeah, he'll and, drop uh, it to say Samoa Joe in February or whatever,
0: won't he? And uh, maybe even before that, um, you know, before the rumble, and yeah. he can have an issue going into the rumble or something. Uh, it, yeah, he'll because I don't think I don't think he'll drop it at the pay per view in between because you know our theory is that he'll win the elimination chamber. So um, I think he'll lose it at some point to someone that he's having a minor feud with.
1: So here's an interesting question, also from Leanne why can't the main roster crea- writers create storylines for the call-ups from NXT interesting
0: um well sometimes they do do they not I don't think um
1: yeah yeah, yeah I think so And well I'll tell you what let me, let me kick this one off I think that's a slightly unfair assumption I think there's two styles of call-ups from NXT there's the times they call guys up because they've got a plan um Finn Balor being a good example of that um guys like Kevin Owens being probably the perfect example when they brought him in with Cena yeah. sometimes they bring a guy up from NXT because they have a specific plan and it works other times they bring a guy up from NXT simply because he's been there too long he's stagnated and he needs to, they need to find out whether they're going to sink or swim examples for that being Sami Zayn Apollo, is the, is the, Apollo Cruz, Apollo Crews even though they brought him up way prematurely
0: Enzo and Cass to a degree um, I, I would argue Enzo and Cass worked I it think, didn't work. I, I think over, work. over time, the breakup didn't work. Enzo's become annoying. Cass got injured. There was no heat on their match. The breakup didn't work. But Enzo and Cass had a really great year or so totally as a team that it. were really over, and they rode the wave. Well, I, the think, one, I think that worked.
1: The other one is the Revival. The Revival they just brought up because, didn't they? And, and, uh, American, and American Alpha exactly the same. There you go. So I, I would say that the, the problem is not so much the writing it's the fact that certain times it depends who's doing the calling up. If the writers bring them up for a specific reason, then you you can almost assume they're going to be okay. Otherwise, if they're just brought up to be a body, then forget it.
0: They're I would argue I would argue that the, one of the most recent call ups from NXT is Asuka, and I think they do have a plan. Totally. They're oh. ma- they're making her a star. She's winning matches. She's dominant and that'll go all the way to, say, WrestleMania where she has a title shot or even before that. Um, they've got a plan. Um, Samoa Joe, they did a brilliant job of. They brought Joe yep. in at the right time um, to blindside someone and to side with Triple H and um, they would had a really good plan for Joe um, because they waited. People were expecting him the night after Mania and he didn't come and it came a little bit later and um, they did a smashing job with, with, with Joe. So I think they do they do get it every now and again. It's not everyone. Um, but, but sometimes it falls. I mean... Tyler Breeze was very much an NXT act and they called Tyler Breeze up and he just went well there's no way Tyler Breeze doesn't work in WWE and then eventually they've fallen into this Fandango thing and do you know what for a bit of light silliness on Smackdown it's, it's, it's fine. fine it's alright yeah, it, it works, works. And, and here's the thing is don't forget I've said this before not everyone has to be a world champion in main events drawing shed loads of money the the benchmark, the two benchmark people I always talk about are Lance Storm for what he did and Kofi Kingston you know if you have a Kofi Kingston career you've made it oh Kofi, absolutely Kofi Kingston in 2028 will go in the Hall of Fame and and we'll have had a, a lovely little career and we'll have earned millions of dollars and we'll have travelled the world and had a, had a barrel of laughs and actually not really had to have you know once he's got himself over you know remember how much Kofi used to jump off of ladders and do all that mad shit doesn't do it anymore he's got him because he doesn't need to and it's um, you know if you can get yourself into that sort of position I would think any most wrestlers on earth unless they know that they are super mega talented most wrestlers on earth would kill to be Tyler Breeze and True. T- to some he looks like a bit of a joke and whatever but most people would he'll be on a fair decent whack of money if he gets released he can work the indies and he can sell some gimmicks um, and he can say I've been to WWE and I've been to the, 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 the been to the mountain and um, uh, you know he might not have had the perfect story when being called up but at least he's managed to he, he's, he's survived in the wilderness I think Apollo Crews will be gone by this time next year
1: yeah, I agree. I just, unfortunately, it
0: just doesn't fit. It just doesn't fit. And he's a great wrestler, and he's a, apparently a really nice fellow. I've met some people that knew him through through Progress, and you know when he worked as Yuha Nation on the Indies and stuff. And um, I think he's probably better suited to it. He may even be one of those ones that disappears and comes back in as another good NXT run. But um, you know, he's, I think he's a perfect example of a call up for the call up sake that yep. Leanne, that Leanne's talking about. But I think there's enough that they do get right. So. Um, agreed and I I, I trust we. one of the questions in the sheep quiz which we'll discuss next week was about the next NXT call up um, and it was interesting you know what people said about that one and the one that they were talking about you know was a you know the one that most people answered was a tag team so you're talking about the revival not having a, a story I love the revival and I think once they're fit and rearing again I think we're going to have a they're going to have a great career so um, I wouldn't worry about the revival just yet but um Clearly, people were looking at an act that's ready to get called up, as opposed to an individual. So, people are, you know, keeping an eye on these things.
1: Yeah. All right. So next along, we've got James Billington. Now, James, we're not going to answer this question, mate, because to be very fair, there's not much of a question. It's just a very good point that we both that we both agree with. So, James basically just says, "Is there anything worse than a jaded wrestling fan? Um, why has it become the norm for smart fans to watch the product and spend more time online moaning about how bad it is?" James. We here you, mate. Reach. It's not, it's not fun. Um, you've you've put our tagline on the end of your message. It's wrestling, enjoy it, and obviously we fully endorse that. I think I think it, it it's not something that we would get into or bother with. I think it's I think it's a bit monotonous for people to do that. And
0: if you don't like it, don't watch. And do you know what? He's got a great point, and we should probably read that out on the hour every hour because even we're guilty. Of, maybe we've been guilty of it in this pod. This doesn't feel like the most fun-filled. Um, you know, energy, <laughs> energy-packed podcast we've ever done because we're answering some questions and we're looking at some some things and we're being a bit critical here and there. We're not jaded wrestling fans, by the way. We love wrestling and we continue to do it because we want to. Sometimes when we pick up on things, it's because we care. Did you see? It? I'll, I'll put my um, football reference in for Matt Barber. Um, did you see? Um, Pep Guardiola uh, on the pitch last night against Southampton. Did you see? Yes. That? Yes. Um, for those of you that didn't see it, the Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola came on the pitch at the end of the game and shouted at Nathan Redmond, who's a Southampton player. And some said, oh, you know, he was was being horrible and shouting at him. But Guardiola has basically said, I think Redmond is a brilliant player and I thought Southampton were being really negative and, you know, that's why I was shouting at him. And I I actually believe Guardiola. I think he probably was saying, you know, you're better than this. And it's more of a a thumbs up to to Redmond than anything else because I think Guardiola probably looks at a player like that and thinks, well, you could be so much better. But I think that's what we do sometimes. We look at certain wrestlers and certain storylines and think, "Oh man, it could be so much better." And we criticise because we care, not because we're trying to quote get ourselves over or you know show how knowledgeable we are or anything like that. And so, if anything, perhaps we should do a little bit more talk about some good old days things because that's what we enjoy doing, and that's what we certainly started off talking about when we were doing the old rumbles and the old manias and that sort of thing. So, thank you, James, for um, for that point because I think we all every wrestling fan ought to remember that from time to time and so should me and you mate we're not exempt agreed
1: agreed right cool next one George McMenemy, friend of ours friend of, friend, friend of talk, yours yeah. friend of mine yeah he's do- helped us out on numerous occasions George hi mate he asks um, well, he brings up our point from last week's podcast so he's proving here that he listens to us which is a big brownie point crawler uh, <laughs> but he thought, you know we mentioned last week about wrestlers having time off yes. Um to, as a benefit for everyone. Well, he's while well, he says he agrees with that. He says, do you think there's a, perhaps a risk of for certain wrestlers, you know, lower down the card of being out of sight, out of mind, and potentially risk being cut as a result.
0: I mean, yeah, there is in the the harsh realities of the world. Yes, um, and also there's a financial thing as well. Would WWE say you're independent contractors? So if you're not working and you're on holiday, we're not going to pay you. Um, these are all. I think we were talking about some ideal world situations, George. I don't think we really think it's going to happen, Paul, do we? I don't think there's, no. a, there's really a chance it would. I think we're just looking at some longer-term, you know, better world scenarios. Um, what we don't have is a board of directors on Wall Street um, who don't really care about what's happening in one year, two years, three years, ten years' time. They care about what the, the numbers are on the stock exchange next week. Uh, and so that's part of it that's why it's a kind of it's a very what have you done for me lately business and um I absolutely think that what we said last week, if you didn't hear last week we were essentially talking about how it would be good for almost every wrestler to have a mandatory two three months off a year um and you'd work some sort of schedule out so certain people are off at certain times and um by being away for a little bit we were we were kind of riffing off the base of people like bray Wyatt um and i think you could throw Dean Ambrose from what we talked about earlier on in this show um people like that you don't need to see them every week it's, it it kills their, it hurts their character um not to mention the physical toll it takes on everyone's body and it would just be good to see people you know cycle in and cycle out a great example of course is how over chris jericho has remained and there's no way in the world that jericho would have stayed where he is had he been wrestling every week for the last 5 years we've seen him Sporadically here and there, and it's done a great job for him. So, um, to go back to what George said, um, outside out of mind, yeah, for some. But I would also argue that if you're good enough, um, you'll come back and you'll be stronger. And it's like I don't. I've met some. Um, uh, I know several different comedians, and I've been interested in the, the art of comedy and comedy writing and, and whatever for years. And I've met people with different approaches. Some will have a notepad wherever they go, by the side of the bed. If they come up with a joke, they roll over, they write it down to make sure they don't forget it. Others, and that's not a right or wrong way, others have a little bit more faith in their ability and think, if they think of a joke one day and then a couple of days later they can't remember it, they'll trust themselves and think, I'm good enough, I'll come up with another one, it's not a problem. Um, And there's a little bit of that. If you're good enough and you're well positioned enough on TV, if you're away for three months, if you're good enough you'll come back to a the right, sort of welcome, and if you come back to something lukewarm, you need to be good enough to put yourself back in that position again. So, I think it would find out the wheat from the chaff. If anything, I think you would, uh, um, it would be a positive thing for everyone. But I think realistically, Paul, we we know it's not going to happen.
1: No, no, quite. Uh, next up is some goon, some guy from Geezer called Chris Groves. <laughs> um, Chris apparently uh, has got a question about. And I'm loath to answer this now, Chris. Actually, I'd love to. I think we should probably wait for a little while to answer this. But Chris wants to know who we think the title holders will be coming out of WrestleMania this year.
0: Oh well, we Do did that. The... We did that the other day. That was yeah. For, for, mentioned... for, for the for the full exposure, yeah, I mean, Chris is a good, very good friend of mine, and um, <laughs> we were talking wrestling. I'm trying to remember exactly. I think we were going to an away game or uh, something like that. We were we were, we, were, we were chatting away at some point, and uh, yeah, we were um, we were coming up with who exactly we thought could be in what position at what time. Yeah, I think that's probably a, a wider podcast discussion. I think we can probably do that with a, a podcast guest on the on the build to the rumble, I, think. I agree, I agree. So we're gonna park that one, Chris. It's good. People to get... can of course join in. If people want to join in with that, they can go to our Facebook page, reply to Chris's post and, and have their own chat and maybe we'll sure. we'll reference some of those points. But I I think that's probably a you know a, a week after Wrestle Kingdom discussion, that one. Yep, agreed. Uh, Rick Morgan hi
1: Rick he was one of the guys who joined in our sheep quiz this last past month Has got a, he's got a question I like um, not WWE related um, the UK independent scene he asks about he says which talents do we think from the UK scene will make it to WWE that aren't there already and he specifically references Marty Scurll Will Ospreay and Joe Hendry
0: so Rob you go first I'm mate. not uh, of those, I'm not I'm not super familiar with with them with, um, with Joe Hendry. I, I'm aware of his work, but I've not seen enough of him to um, to judge. With the other two, I don't consider the other two part of the UK scene anymore. They're international talents. They happen to be British. But hey, listen, Marty Scarl and Will Ospreay have made it, folks. If 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 they retired tomorrow, they've had great careers. Um, Marty holds a title belt. You know, for someone that was rejected off of a TNA boot camp show, Marty Sklar holds a major title in in New Japan. Think about that. Yeah. No, no, he doesn't. Is that right? Yeah, That's right, no, he it? does. You're yeah, you're right. And and he's been in Ring of Honor and like. Well, he's in the biggest faction in wrestling. And he's in the Bullet Club. And Will Ospreay hugely talked about for his matches with Ricochet. Um, firm member of of New Japan as well. Work can, you know, demand work anywhere. I consider those international talents now. They just I think they've made it. They've moved on. They've been promoted um, and they've moved on uh, and, and they thoroughly deserve to. Zack Sabre Jr. in the same category. Um, brilliant. Um, for those that are around at the moment, um, I, I know he's already part of the WWE UK thing, but I, I want to see more from Wolfgang. I love Wolfgang I think he's a great talent I think he's funny I think he's talented I think he's uh, convincing that he looks like he could hurt people but he's got a good comedic side he's got good timing um, I'm a big fan of his he used to work with a guy called BT Gunn in Scotland and That's I, I right. like him as well he's, he's wrestling uh, Doug at an upcoming show soon I can't remember where that is but uh, wherever you are check out uh, see if you can find out where Doug, uh, Doug Williams is wrestling BT Gunn uh, and I'm fairly certain they tweeted that they've never wrestled before. Um, they're both very, very good. Um, I don't know his age though, Gun. So I don't know, you know. Sometimes if you're slipping into the um, you know later part of your career, it's going to be harder to get called up with WWE. That's not casting an aspersion on him. I, I just simply don't know his age. Um, I think. Uh well, well, well I'm, I'm just having to think. Anyone that drops to your mind immediately? while well, I'm just thinking of some some deeper ones. Well,
1: what I will say, I I, I want to make a slightly wider point in that the 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 world has changed, as we all know, recent uh, recently in wrestling. Now, those talents were you mentioned specifically there in your in your post, uh, Rick. You, you know, five years ago, or, or maybe a bit longer. No, maybe five years ago those guys would have jumped as soon as they got the call from wwe there'd have been no thought process given to it whatsoever they'd have been like okay i'm in um i think it's very different now especially guys like marty can go out and have a very lucrative very satisfying career without stepping foot in a wwe ring so it's not you know i am i would be gobsmacked if there was not some dialogue already between those guys you talk about and wwe i think there's probably offers on the table um or at least an offer of an offer um when and if they want it so will they you know will they join wwe i'd say only when the time is right for them and it's great the fact that they can be in that position um so and and so i think that the world's changed i think it's a very different thing. the other thing to consider is that a lot of the talent that you know before would have been prime for this sort of um this sort of exposure they're already there you know they're already there they're either they're either involved in the WE uk thing um or they are or the 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 they're um in the system already so with that in mind i'm gonna i've got two very obvious answers that i'm gonna give and i don't think they're particularly groundbreaking but one of them is tony storm um she's not well i do it no i'll go double up on that i'll go tony storm and viper I know they've been part of the the women's tournament, the Mae Young Classic, but I don't think they're officially signed yet. I think they'll both make great additions to the female roster. So Tony Storm could be a big, big star. She's so young. She's so good. She's got everything that WWE needs. I think she'll be there and I think she'll do very, very well for herself. Viper, great wrestler, great character. I think the same thing about her. The name that, as far as I'm aware, has no affiliation with WWE at the moment. Um, on the UK scene I think will make or could make splash if he wanted to Mark Haskins
0: yeah I've always been a big Haskins fan I think I think at the very least I think he could be a a very strong player in in the Cruiserweight division yeah like for example I think he's better than that even now but I think you know if they wanted to just simply have him have a job in WWE somewhere I think he could very, very much I hold his own so. there. I'm, I'm a bit, I, I like Haskins a lot. The
1: other one that springs to mind is probably one that the hardcore wrestling fans are probably not as keen on, but you know, if you're looking at it through the the business microscope, um, Adam Maxted. Um, Adam was the guy who was on Love Island a couple of years ago. He's coming to wrestling. He's he's got a big passion for the business. He said he only went on Love Island to get that exposure to be able to get a leg up in wrestling. So good for him for for thinking outside the box there. He's got the look, he's got the height, um, he's a competent wrestler. Um, he's exactly what WWE are looking for, exactly. Um, so I'd be gobsmacked if he wasn't in uh, the WWE system within the next 12 months.
0: Uh, I, 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 I know who you mean, um, but I, I can't say I've seen um, enough of him to, uh, to judge on that. Um, I would throw into the, um, the discussion... Uh, it's a long time since I've seen him... Um, but uh I know certainly when I used to I was always impressed and I know he was a young man uh is Nathan Cruz
1: Oh yeah yeah
0: uh I was al- I always liked him um it was just something about the way he carried himself um that I was impressed with I always thought he came across as someone that um you know just had a, a real pre- I think I think it's half the battle is presence you know is it, not it's not just how good you are in the ring like, I've always used um, Dean Malenko as an example is that Malenko was a, as good a technical wrestler as anyone will ever see but I never thought Malenko had a presence he was very good but there's plenty and Roder- I think Roderick Strong is the new Dean Malenko like very very good but there's just I want that little bit more from them whereas I, I and there's, there's been some people like that in, in British wrestling but I agree? look at um, uh, but I look at uh, Nathan and I've always seen that little bit more out of Nathan always thought he was a little bit too trying to be Jericho trying to be a couple of others but when he can be himself and there's certainly a character there um, I think he'd have a chance and I think if you're talking about people that um, WWE would like in terms of size and uh, and good facial expression that kind of thing um, Rampage Brown would would probably be someone that you would maybe factor into that I think they may have looked at him before maybe I'm not I certain, think so but, um, but I could see because the question was who do you see not who would you want and I'm not saying anything anti him by any chest stretch but you know he's a bigger guy and you know, he's got some presence about him and, uh, you know, I, I think I he could do okay. Listen, there are so many. I mean, as soon as we hang up, I'm going to start going, oh, man, I never mentioned this guy and this guy and this guy and um, and there'll be others. I don't hey, Listen, I don't think Rockstar Spud's done. Nope. You know, Spud, Spud's Good had shout. his time in TNA and come out of it and whatever, but Spud's such, such a bright lad and, you know, I love the whole gimmick about him thinking he's back in the 90s and, you know, working as a, as a newbie and, and whatever and just... He's a, he's a smart lad, is Spud, and he again, go if he if if um if Enzo is doing his thing and and getting over in the cruiserweights, then get Spud in there because Spud's got way more charisma and and character than half of those guys that are knocking around in the cruiserweights. So um you know Spud would be great fun, and I think Spud would be a great manager. I've always I, I once wanted to pitch an idea with TNA that I wanted them to do Spud and an Alpha female, and you could have done the kind of the China thing with Alpha, but you could have also had them flip over. So Spud could have been her, you know, snivelly little manager, and she could have been his bodyguard, and it was almost like flipping the the valet. You know, Spud would almost have been the valet, and she'd have been the bodyguard kind of thing. Have, I think it'd have been great. I, I always thought that would have been a good act, and so I, I think he would have a lot of value. In WWE. I think he's a WWE act and I'd love him to get given the chance in in NXT to, to have some fun with what he can do because he's a super talented watch
1: lad. this space mate watch this space if the rumours are to be believed uh, you won't have to wait oh, really? oh, well,
0: well that would be very cool I mean I don't know anything about that really it's, have you uh, not read that yeah the, well
1: it's, it's, it's heavily rumoured that he, that's exactly what's going to happen
0: that's very cool and for those people saying bullshit because obviously we we worked with him in the summer at the um, oh at we the British know British thing um, I, I'm not pals with with <laughs> by any stretch. I, we know one another and we got on well and we had some fun at that um, at that thing. But we don't. In fact, at, on that night, we said, "Oh, we should keep in touch more. We should see each other more." Haven't seen him since. Oh, no,
1: uh, I speak to Spud semi regularly on usually on Facebook Messenger. Um, but I would not dream of asking him about uh, about those rumours because it's none of my business. I don't want him to be in a position where he has to bullshit me or tell me something that is confidential so that's kept very separate so those rumors in my, you know to me are just that i know no more about it than anybody else even though i do speak to the guy um so i, I hope for it i hope if that's what he wants that's what happens and i think like you rob i think you do a great great job um next question a couple more couple more dave Woolin, who we've i've uncovered was the mysterious fameasser. On the, uh, oh, on the sheet quiz, so thanks for giving your name there, Dave. You got—you're the only one there with a nickname. Dave's got quite a deep question, Rob. I don't—I want us to briefly go into. This. I don't want us to delve too much into it because we could be here all night on this one. But simply put, has the internet and easy access to rumours and you know backstage workings ruined the product for most?
0: Um, I'd say it's changed. no, 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 no. It hasn't. No, it hasn't because. It's it's taken away that little bit of mystique um, in certain ways. It's affected the way the crowd do things because the crowd think about things differently. But when, when it's done right, it's still amazing. And I think actually most people want to get drawn into the stories and stuff. And even in, in the last couple of years, you think about those matches that Cena had with Styles. You know, for example, as a series of matches. So you think about just something like that and just how you, how you would throw yourself into just watching that match. And you were a fan again. That didn't make any difference what you'd read before, did it? Didn't matter what you knew about Cena's personal life or what, you know, AJ did in TNA or anything like that or the fact that you know that one's talked about turning heel and all ones associated with the Bullet Club. Or, all of that's bullshit. You just watch two great wrestlers having great matches. I think part of it's in the presentation. I think part of it's in particularly WWE being a bit behind the times and being you know, doing goody two shoes baby faces and, and not quite understanding what the what the crowd wants and sometimes, not always, and I think sometimes they get it right. I think the example is Strowman that we've been talking about just lately. If you just get a big ass kicker out there and having some fun with it, then people can get behind it. Listen, I think the wrestling industry in terms of WWE anyway is um way better than it was five ten years ago. Um in terms of the the variety, the talent. Uh you've got NXT which gives you something totally different. The British scene is the best it's ever been. Um, you know, Japan is taking an interest worldwide. Um, I think the wrestling industry is in a very healthy state. Um, certainly compared to what it was a few years ago, and it's certainly more open than it ever was. And don't forget, wrestling is not just Raw, and wrestling is not just WWE, and wrestling is not just matches in the ring. Um, if it's your cup of tea, you've got Total Divas. If it's your thing, you've got WWE 24. You've got all of the things on the network. You've got ride along, you've got story time, you've got, you know, you can just, you could never watch another episode of Raw and SmackDown again, and you could have plenty of wrestling entertainment just by watching stuff on the network. By watching Table for Three, and watching Bring It to the Table, and watching WWE 365, and they produce a lot of stuff. And almost all of that is your backstage. You know, talking about the real deal, isn't it? And even stuff like the the Hall of Fame is... You know, there's no kayfabe to that anymore. Um, So I don't think it's ruined. it. I think certain elements have been... It's not quite the same as when we were kids. But don't forget, a lot of us... I say us, it's quite a generic term. But I think there's a lot of people that we know from our hooked-on shows that probably fall into a bracket of somewhere between 28 and 40. You know, we're in the middle of that. I'm 33. Paul's a couple of years older than me. But it's... um, Roughly speaking, I think we're I think hooked on I think is in its 30s would you agree with that yes
1: yes absolutely in it's early
0: to mid 30s I think is probably our median age and quite simply I don't think it's necessarily that wrestling used to be better I think we miss being young I think that's what it is. I think that's a general thing. Absolutely. Older people, older people in life will talk about football was better in the old days, haircuts were better in the old days, telly was better in the old days. No, I don't think it was better or worse. I think you just miss being young and and I I do. <laughs> yep. I'd love to be 18 again and it's not because when I was 18, you know, the wrestling was great. It's because I'd like to be 18 again and I'd like another crack at everything and I'd like to be, you know, wide-eyed and fresh and coming into the world and, you know, it'd be great and, I think that's what we all miss and so the point is as it says in Miz's theme you, you're never going to get it back <laughs> or worse to that effect it's never come those days are never coming back so you just have to make the best of what it is and um, we ain't going to change it we, we can we can chat all over the place about you know the internet ruining it no one is going to say oh do you know what lads can we dismantle the internet because it's ruining wrestling you, you have to roll with the punches and, and and work with what you've got and actually I think there's enough good stuff out there Listen to the other podcasts that are out in the world. You know, your your Austin podcast, Jericho, JR, Bruce Pritchard, you know, whoever else is out there doing great podcasts that you love listening to, none of them are kayfabe. They're all behind-the-scenes stuff. And you can get hours and hours and hours worth per week of entertainment based off of all that. And so if it wasn't for the exposure of the business, you wouldn't have all that. So on the whole, you're probably better off. You're ne- you've got a net gain. You, you, you lo- your loss is that... Maybe there's not quite the same naivety that the audience once had about certain bits of wrestling, but I think the I think the positives are, are largely outweighing. Uh, if you choose to look for them, I think I
1: think you make a very valid point. I if you're concentrating purely on the um, on the in-ring product, I would say that it unfortunately does make it worse because it's very much harder to suspend your disbelief. And for a lot of us, that's not a problem. Like you say, we grow up we do like to see what's going on. like, In terms of football, I'm as interested in football as what's going on around about the teams and what goes on in the 90 minutes on the pitch. But I think there's no argument to be made that it's, a, that it's helped the product because, you know, you've got these, you know, you've got guys being booed and cheered on the base of what they're doing off screen. And I just, it's just, it, you know, the fact is society's moved on, the world's moved on. Um, it can't be like it was in the eighties, in the very early nineties. And that's, that's just the way it is. So things will never be the same. Things will never be the same. No, they won't. But it would have been. It would have been. You know, it is a shame, and it, I do miss those days where things were a little bit more innocent. But on the other hand, I get so much enjoyment from delving into the back end of of the wrestling industry that do I really miss it? In in the grand scheme of things, it's probably neutral because, you, like you said, there's a lot more to it than there was before. Um,
0: if 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 I was still working, you know, anywhere near like I used to with the Sun and with the mirror and uh, and with fighting spirit and all that kind of stuff, um, I'd feel bad for saying this, but you know, I, I I don't watch as much as I used to. I certainly don't follow as much as I used to. Um, I don't spend every day. I used to listen to at least a couple of podcasts from people like the Pro Wrestling Torch or whatever a day. Now I barely listen to one a week. I might listen mm-hmm. to a couple a month, and that's not that's not a knock on their work. I love people like that. I think the Torch is the best of all those sites but fair play to you know the observer and pw insider and some of those other... you know it's not fair to call them dirt sheets they're legitimate wrestling journalism sites you you click you clickbait bollocks and your your top 10 listicles and um you know your uh uh you'll never guess what's going to happen to him next sort of that's not journalism that's nonsense mm-hmm. uh what we used to call news with a z sites um i'm not having any of that but i'm saying that you know if you want to follow along with the torch and, and all that kind of thing you can do and you can find some interesting stuff but I've actually found that I kind of enjoy watching things a bit more since I stopped doing that because I've stopped letting myself in on stuff I follow fewer people than I used to on Twitter, I don't follow things on Facebook I even, (laughs) this is a bad thing to say on air, I even don't always follow the hooked on account because sometimes there will be two or three days after a pay-per-view where I haven't seen the pay-per-view and I don't want to be spoiled for it you can do it folks just by saying oh it's out there and everything gets spoiled no not if you're careful not if you, you work yourself around um, what you need to and um, I'm clearly not saying don't follow us of course I am but um, But if you can curtail your habits and not look at certain sites, like Paul just said to me something there about Spud, oh wait, there's rumours out there and I'm legitimately going really because I don't read this stuff anymore and actually you know the question that came in was not about Rob McNichol; it was about the entire world. So clearly, it's going to affect if the audience are making certain reactions, and and not just me. But I think you can make your own you can make your own judgments about how how deep you want to f- follow things and how um, retrospective you can go in terms of your news. You can look at it after it's happened rather than beforehand. And it is annoying that sometimes you go, "Oh bloody! Hell, I found out that so and so was coming back on Raw, and you know before I had a chance to see it." But I think you can probably do a decent enough job of avoiding that if you really try
1: fair enough okay mate one more Should we go one more okay. before we before the... we wrap this baby up um, no I'll do as many well as we need well, to but no, that's um... it there is one more we've got Lewis, okay, cool. Lewis Collins he's, he's made more of a point than asking a question but we'll go with it anyway and we'll sort of talk around it but Lewis says he feels like WWE now books for one off moments as opposed to long term story arcs and do we agree or disagree
0: Oh wow, that's a big one to get into. Last question up. Um, I, I, I can understand why you'd say it feels that way. Um, I'd love to, you know, I'd love to sit in there and know uh, how much th- that is the case. Do you know what though? I'd say if anything, it's probably been more the case that they they build to one-off moments for a very very long time, but they got away with it for certain amounts of time. And maybe this relates to the last question about the scrutiny. Uh, that's out there. because um, Where I do have a problem with, particularly the um, the Observer in Figure 4, is they'll quite often say these are the plans for an upcoming pay-per-view. And when that doesn't become the plans for an upcoming pay-per-view, they say our plans have changed. Well, maybe they got it wrong. You know, you don't know that these things aren't long-term planned. You only, you're only assuming that they're not long-term planned based off of what you're reading by someone that may or may not be clued in. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it's unfair of me to say that. I'm not trying to defend WWE. I'm just saying that your assumptions are built on other people's knowledge. You don't know for sure. I'm guilty of it myself. I talked about earlier on that Vince won't have seen Matt Hardy, blah, blah, blah. I don't know Vince McMahon. I've never met Vince McMahon. I don't know his ins and outs of his thinking. I'm building my opinion on him based off of enough people that I respect who have known him and I've built up a picture in my mind over a a long time a long term of of, of study in the business Um, but I don't know but I think these people are very quick to judge negatively whereas they take a lot longer to judge positively Um, and so what I'm saying is in terms of the question that's asked yes I think probably there are things I mean there's a good example just lately that it seemed to be that it was going to be Jinder versus Brock and then suddenly it was Jinder versus AJ and Cena was in a different match and whatever. So was that changed late on? Maybe. But we don't know that it wasn't. We don't know that it wasn't just that's what we'll feed out to the people so when we change it they won't be ready and they'll have a better sense of surprise and and whatever. Um, I think it's a very, very difficult question to answer. a good question, but I think it's a very, very difficult one to answer. And I think sometimes it's not to get worried about... Uh, just, just if you just watch and enjoy I'm not saying you never question or anything like that but by just watching and enjoying or at least trying to enjoy and trying to put some of those things out of your mind, I think sometimes you have a, a better sense of perspective of what you as a fan enjoy I've certainly read into things before where a fan has said, I think they should do this, then this then this, then he wins that, he gets that title he turns on him and then you get to that and if that's not the exact thing that's done they go, oh it's disappointing and if it is the thing that's done, they go, nah, it's predictable. And you can kind of book yourself into that. It's like the, the question a couple of ones back from James Billington, is that, you know, are you just preconditioned to moan about everything and, and nothing is to your liking unless it is absolutely perfectly what you said, in which case it becomes, you know, obvious. And so I think that's a problem. I think that's probably a bigger problem is people's expectations being just way, way, way too high and unrealistically high. Um and I'm not convinced from the stories that I've heard of bear in mind the most successful company for one single year in wrestling until Austin came around was WCW with their whole uh, NWO thing and it's pretty much been explained over the years that when Hall and Nash said we're going to introduce a third man in three weeks time they didn't know who it was
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: They wanted it to be Brett, they thought about it being Luger, they thought about it being Sting, they thought about it being Savage, and in the end it ended up being Hogan, and it was one of the best decisions they ever made, but they didn't know where they were going with the NWO, and it's it's been admitted various times by Bischoff and others that they were booking as they went. There's been lots of praise for ECW over the years for some of their amazing long-term stories like Dreamer and Raven and whatever, but there's been also stories about that where Paul Heyman was basically booking on a fag packet, and you know, and then you know, passing it around. This is the show tonight. So I think there's lots of examples of really great wrestling that have been done short term, and I'm sure there's lots of others. Oh, you're talking about? Is there a lack of booking long term? We've been talking for two years about them getting to Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. You know, and yet no one, and yet no one wants to see that. So is that the right thing to book long term to something that no one wants to see?
1: No. But they're doing it now. I I see it slightly different. I see, in fact, I interpret the whole question slightly different. I don't think it's a case of you're right. Every company in the past has booked stories week to week before, some successfully, some not so. The NWO being a great example um, of one that's successful. But I think the the point really is that not that they're not they're booking week to week or long or booking long term. It's that they're at the moment they're not even trying to book stories in a lot of cases they just find a moment and then shoehorn their way into that so they'll 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 decide what they want to see and then you know they'll 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 get to that be damned of any storylines alliances face or heel divide they'll just go for it and i think there's a there's a, i don't necessarily fully agree with it but i think there's a there's very much a modicum of a point to say that they they do need to be a a slave to the story a bit more. They do need to tell actual stories to keep people interested. There's no, there's no point just having these moments if those if those moments haven't been earned. A great example, using a movie analogy, and I'm, a lot of our listeners understand this. Rob, I know you're not the biggest movie fan, but I saw the trailer yesterday for Avengers: Infinity War, which is the third mm-hmm. Avengers film. It's it's the build-up. It's the Avengers, obviously. You know, do you know the Avengers? The Avengers being the team-up of all the Marvel superheroes.
0: Yeah, of cou- course cou- cou- yeah. I know the Avengers.
1: Joanna jo- 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 Lamley. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you've got Hulk, Iron Man, John, John, John Steed. Spider-Man, not John Steed. All these guys. Emma Peel. And then on the same sort of... This, this last couple of weeks, you've also seen the release of Justice League, um, which is the DC equivalent. So that's Batman, Superman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, all these guys. Now, the difference between the two is that Marvel have been running their universe since 2007, 2006, 2007 and they've been building up to it with individual films and, and team up films ever since that point to get to the point now where they've earned the right to put Infinity Wars out and it's been massive because fans are gagging to see what happens to these characters, they've earned their interest DC took the exact opposite approach all DC have done is they've decided that they want to... Uh, they want this film. They want the the success that Marvel have had. So, how do we get there? Who cares? Let's just do it. And as a consequence, Justice League has opened to a to anemic box office numbers because it's not been earned. It's just been presented as a moment, as a happening. Whereas people are battering down the doors of cinemas to see these Marvel, the Marvel version, because they've built it up patiently and in a sto- a coherent story. That's the difference, and that's the problem we have sometimes now. Is that they use that DC model, whereas really they should be using that Marvel model. I think that's what what uh, we're being what we're getting at here. And I think it is a problem, not always, but certainly more than it should be.
0: Okay, yeah, I've nothing more to uh, to add there.
1: Really. Uh, well, that brings
0: us to the end then, Rob. Okay, um, I've rather enjoyed this. I, it's been quite eclectic. Um, but I like having questions thrown at us we should probably do that a little bit more often I think. Yeah, every now uh, and again just maybe once a month or so just uh, open it up and say uh, fire away indeed I say once a month <laughs> let's see if we can think of something to talk about next week and we might have to do it again but uh, <laughs> um, we're uh, uh, but we're on the um, we're on the the, the, uh, the little um, gravel pathway that leads to the slightly bigger road with a bit of grass in between that leads to the slip road which leads to the road to Wrestlemania so Um, We're on our way folks, we've only got a couple of weeks to go before Christmas and then afterwards we'll be right into Wrestle Kingdom and into the Rumble and into Wrestlemania Oh, I think it's time to get excited, I think this is the time of year you can start to really start to bubble under and it's going to start getting good soon and then once we get into the new year Bang! Every January I always have a renewed sense of vigour about wrestling and I'm kind of I'm even getting involved, I'm getting excited before that it's like the uh, the new custom that I don't understand about pre-drinks I don't understand that but it's I think that's the whole idea I feel like I'm in a pre drink session <laughs> before actually before actually going out and enjoying the uh, the proper night out I've, I've kind of butchered that analogy because I don't really understand it why don't you just go out and drink rather than drinking at home but um, anyway uh, what we want to do is we want to say to you that um, this is the kind of year the kind of time of year where we really want you to all get involved with us and and enjoy it all together so last year um we talked a lot about our favorite royal rumble uh, moments with our guests and so forth we want loads more of that from you this year and um, we didn't do quite so much of that we did a lot of talking amongst ourselves so um this is an example of getting some questions from you and talking some topics but uh, on an ongoing basis we want to do much much more with you guys feature you on the show in terms of uh, your thoughts, your opinions, your questions, your experiences uh, so please do keep the questions coming, keep the interactions coming uh, on both Twitter and Facebook, and on the emails, and, and however you see fit, and please, and please spread the word because um, you know we've done amazing things in five or six years with Hooked on uh, with the parties. But as hopefully you can see, we've gone from a few venues for just the Rumble, WrestleMania, and SummerSlam to add in Survivor Series a bit to the repertoire this year, to add in Wrestle Kingdom next year, to doing Bruce in the summer. And we'd like to do other things like that in the future. We want hooked on to be about way more than just um, you know, three three nights a year. So that so that's why you've got the podcast and you've got Bruce and you've got Wrestle Kingdom and you've got, you know, other things that we can do in between we've got bundles of ideas, it's just whether we can get the the time, the money, the inclination and the backing to do it. So there you go. we want we want twenty eighteen. This this is such a cliche. This sounds so bloody dragon's den. But genuinely We want to leave 2018 as having basically done more next year than we have in any other year in Hooked On history And that's not an idle boast, it's not just a a tagline, it's a genuine um, thing Paul is um, the man that is behind the Hooked On brand uh, and he has more time and um, is dedicated more time to it than he ever has done before I'm doing my best to and is, we've got an amazing support network of people out there that help us out um, not limited to the people that host, the people that help out at venues and indeed you guys that listen so this is sounding like a bit of a, a plea at the end, this is why I ask you to all send me $100 and we all bugger off to Mexico <laughs> but um, but actually you know, we really appreciate what you've all done for us but If everyone tells one person, do you know what I mean? Whether it's about the podcast or it's about the Facebook page, it's about the Sheep Quiz, it's about the Raw Rumble, whatever it might be, um, we're on the cusp of a breakthrough in terms of making this a bigger thing, and uh, that would be really cool. So um, we want to make that really our our push for 2018, and and you really can be part of that. But we're making a great start. I've loved talking about this. The Sheep Quiz is one of my favourite editions we've ever done. It's a great idea of Paul's to... To bring it over from its uh, his previous home, uh, and so, and if any, if you have any other ideas of other things that we can do to be uh, socially interactive, we'll also take those on board as well, won't we, mate? Oh, bring it on, absolutely.
1: Whatever, like if it, if it works for us and it works and it it's something that people, the wider community enjoy, we're all ears.
0: What do you want to see more of? How can we uh, how can we super serve you for to make hooked on, a, you know, a, a 365. A year thing and not a, not a three or four, that's what we're essentially getting at. So, um, next week on the show, we'll be doing the other five uh questions on the sheep quiz, uh, as a bare minimum, uh, and we'll then we'll try and bring in some other elements. So, we might have a go back to um to a little bit more uh sort of modern product, uh, we may even find something else to uh to go back into the the history books and and talk about some old stuff. We never know where we're going to be uh here on the Hooked On podcast, but all we know is that we're going to try and talk about wrestling and we're going to try to enjoy it. So from uh, from myself and from Paul, we'll see you very soon.
1: Ta-ta!